We the bestest cast with the left twist. Fat, barely well dressed. Put me on the guest list. The guest list. Uh, yeah, on the guest list. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trotting the Get Down, White Sox Dave, Kenny Carkey, and Dante. We have a great interview today with the one, the only, the king of YouTube guitar tutorials, Mr. Marty Schwartz on the podcast. Dave's, I don't know, Dave Shepard into guitar playing. Basically taught Dave how to play the guitar without even knowing him. Uh, Four million subscribers on YouTube. Dude is the goat. Marty Schwartz is the man. It's a great interview. We also have a friend stopping by later, Nameless James. You definitely know him from TikTok, from Instagram. He's the man. He's someone I wanted to get in the fold on the podcast, so he'll be stopping by later for a conversation as well. But I just want to start by saying me and Dante are now EDM guys. I'm da- Dante, I know you have been, but I think I might be an EDM guy now, dude. Holy yeah, shit. Man. Oh, yeah, my God. Uh- I'm I'm officially in the club now. It it took me a while, but yeah, you were yeah after, after well, this after this weekend, I'm sold. Uh, well, first off, Dave, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. I saw a little bit of what you guys had going on. It looked like it was a shit ton of fun, and that venue looked oh, incredible. Oh my incredible. god! For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, me and Dante were in New York this past weekend. Uh, at Brooklyn Mirage, which Dante has said this on the podcast before. It is the best venue in America. He was not lying. It was fucking incredible. And we were with John Summit, Chicago's own, one of the biggest DJs going right now in the house music scene. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Tom, too. Tom from fucking Barstool Chicago as well was our videographer and probably the biggest house music fan I've ever met. <laughs> he was oh, yeah. Tom, I didn't know Tom even went until you just said this. Yeah, Tom was our videographer. Uh, also taught me how to dance to, uh, to house music. Uh, I was, dude, I, I, was I didn't re- know that. That's great. I missed that. Well, hold on. Dante, Dante was hilarious this night. Cause at a certain point I was like, dude, Dante looks pissed. And Tom was like, dude, is Dante all right? Dante looks mad. We're on stage in front of like 35 to 4,000 people. And like, there's shit going off around us. I'm trying to do the fucking hand thing that everybody's doing. And Dante's just standing there with his arms crossed, staring. And I'm like, dude, is he mad about something? And Dante's like, I got to take a piss. And I was like, all right, I'll go too. And Tom's like, me too. So we're walking out. And Dante goes, I am so fucking high right now. <laughs> 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 he was like, I didn't know he was munching a gummy the whole time. And Dante was like, I'm not mad, dude. I'm just, I'm fucking ripped. Yeah. Right dude, I was, I was just focused on... <laughs> like this light at the end of the fucking venue it was i was mesmerized by it could not could not stop staring at it that's how i was at the fucking dead and co show at one point (laughs) so this dude he ended up coming in a few weeks after he he owns a record store and he's like hey dave you want to smoke a joint and i'm like sure so i obliged him (laughs) and at one point this was like towards they had a little break where it was forget the fucking guy's name he was it was kind of like blue man group a little bit but it was just one guy doing a bunch of really cool shit with a whole light show and i was just staring like i just didn't take my eyes off him for like an hour straight oh man i was i was stone cold sober uh i just want to say john summit is the man he was cool as shit uh the interview was great it'll be released on barstool backstage in the next week i assume i don't know um but the show was cool. I really had no idea what to do with my hands. I was full on Ricky Bobby just standing like this. Uh, we were on stage behind like the pyro and shit. It was like 40 people on stage. I felt like I was at a Wu-Tang show. And I was just standing there and I looked over and Tom was just doing this dance with his hand up in the air. Like, 
bobbing. And I looked at him. He was like, yeah. And I was like, let's go. And I just started doing it back. And by the end of the night, dude, I had a great time. We left. After the first set, this month, this crazy bastard, John Summit, played till 4 o'clock in the morning. And actually, during the interview, he complained to us that he couldn't play till the sun came up. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is... You're, you live in a different universe than me, my friend. Uh, but that interview was great. Uh, we had a great time. We'll be back at Brooklyn Mirage on Thursday for the Cannons interview. We'll get into that later and everything. But Brooklyn Mirage and us have something cool going on. Uh, and Dave, I can't wait for you to see it, too, because I think you're going to have a great time there. Dave, are you going to be able to make it, or are you... Are you- like we'll talk out off camera. Okay. That's you know. predisposed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, a lot going on in the music industry this week. Kenny will be stopping by. Kenny got pulled into a SpongeBob meeting. So he'll be on a little bit. Um, but the big Sponge. news of the day, very Sponge clearly Bob, SpongeBob meeting is the grip, the best, so much better <laughs> than fucking changing diapers. Yeah. I'm not taking care I'll of my let kids. That fly. I got Mr. Krabs on the other line. I'll be right on. It's, it's, it's funny. Cause it's, actually true it is true that's the fucked up part is that he's actually dealing with spongebob business which is just crazy to me. um obviously the big news of the day of the week maybe of the year so far blink 182 full ensemble tom DeLong in tow back new album tour and i know i've talked a lot of shit on this podcast about maybe a certain member of the band doing too much i don't know we won't get into that but i have Long profess my love for Tom DeLong. I love Angels and Airwaves, even though it was the worst concert I've ever seen. I am actually, I don't know what it is, but I think like the 30-year-old me is like, I actually really want to go to a fucking Blink show. I'm genuinely excited. Dave, you were more excited than I thought you were going to be. You were fucking hyped, dude. Yeah, dude. This is like, nostalgia always plays with me personally. And this is probably the band. How do I want to put this? Like that that genre of music, they were the band of that genre. Yes. And that was our like our demo and our age group. That was our music, you know? Yeah. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of American Pie. It reminds me of that. Oh, time. yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like it, yeah. it does bring back good yes. feelings. And the nostalgia is one thing, but the snippet they put out was great. The the last album mm-hmm. they did with Tom DeLong, uh, with Up All Night was really good. And I'm really interested to see, especially with the way the music industry has gone and being so emo heavy and like Blink's influence being everywhere, what this does for one for Blink, but two for bands coming up. Um, I, I'm just genuinely curious. Dante, your thoughts? Fucking love it, man. I um, We were just talking off camera, but one of my dream guests is actually getting Tom on the show just so I can relate his massive dick (laughs) and suck him off because he stood up to the haters and the mob and never backed down he was telling people for years aliens are real aliens are real he got ostracized and people called him a lunatic and crazy wrote him off and now now look now look do you know Fuck. how far back that goes? The the yeah, dude, it, it, like the nineties, nineteen ninety nine, Animal yeah. of the State. There's a song. The third song in the album is dude. called "Aliens Exist." Yeah, yes. that's. I was gonna no. say that was that was the name of he one got, of their songs. He got blackballed by fucking people by the industry, and 
And now everyone, now that the government has admitted it and everyone's just like, oh yeah, they're, they're fucking out there. Like, where's his fucking apology? Where's his reparations, motherfucker? Bro, how funny is it that people like Kanye are running around saying like terrible things about Jews and he's not canceled, but Tom DeLong just said aliens are real and everybody was like, get this motherfucker out of here. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, Kanye, Kanye, oh, Kanye, Kanye. I don't even, I don't even want to get into that at all. Uh, I think I muted him on. I I had to mute everything Kanye related. I'm, we've we, we've covered this. At, we've covered this at length, and I have no interest in, in broaching this topic. Dude, but the dude's I'm out getting, of pocket. I'm getting lit up. I haven't even said anything about it, and that's the reason I'm getting lit up by people because people are like, "You anti-Semite. You write about Kanye when he sneezes, and now you're not now you're not covering this story about him being." Uh, you know, a fascist, racist, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, if you fucking think, one, I'm going to even attempt to publish something on that on Barstool Sports, <laughs> like, you're you're from another fucking planet. Two, see fucking number one, because it would never fucking see the light of day, and I'm not stupid enough to walk into that bear trap. So you don't have to be an idiot to know where – people with a fucking brain stand on this thing. I I do want to write a blog though. Um, I have it in drafts. Did you see what he did last night or what leaked last night with the Adidas? No. Uh, oh, with the porn? The porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a blog just in general, but that is like the basis of it saying it's time for Kanye's inner circle to fucking put him in timeout. He needs hey. He needs a week or two week timeout, seriously, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he's spiraling. Yeah. Did you? So I do have a theory, too. And this is about a former Patriot or no, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was on the Patriots for a minute. Antonio Brown. He's been hanging out with Kanye. Right. And this past week, he's been tweeting all that crazy shit about Tom Brady. I feel like Kanye gave him the manual to being like, all right, you're crazy <laughs> as fuck, right? You're crazy as fuck, right? Here's how you get attention. This is how you do it. Post pictures about Giselle. Do all this stuff. The the thing he posted was Shannon Sharp's face on the cat and him in the window about like daddy's not coming home, dude. I J Cole said it a long time ago. J Cole, have you ever have you ever heard the song "False Prophets" by J Cole? Nice. He, the whole verse is about Kanye saying nobody in his inner circle will tell him no. It seems like that might be true. I will not backtrack on the fact that I do love Kanye's music and I've loved him for a very long time, but I am fucking exhausted. And that's as far as I want to go with that. Cause we were talking about happy things. We were talking about blink 182 coming back. Uh, and not to mention the fact that they announced a tour and turnstile is the opening act, which I've been preaching turnstile for yeah, a year that, now. That's pretty dope. That's, In that's, that's a good fucking, uh, verification for you. Right. Listen, there. man, I turns out I've been right a lot recently. A lot, right. A lot. I've been wrong sometimes, but I've been, I've been wrong about Kanye, but I've been right about a lot of other things. Um, but I, I just saw this before we got on the air. Uh, some major festivals are starting to announce for next year, and it seems like, you know, every year they have, like, the, the same three headliners at every festival. It seems like they have those three headliners picked out this year because Lollapalooza in Chile, I believe it is, just announced their headliners, uh, and a big festival in another country announced their headliners. And it seems like the big three next year, Drake will be the number one headliner on every festival. Ugh. Billie Eilish, who's been the number two headliner on every festival for the past, like, five years. Oh. And and Blink is the third. It seems like it's following yeah. that 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 path of like uh, last year was or this past year was My Chemical Romance. This year it's going to be Blink. Um, 
But also, the When We Were Young Festival, which everybody was freaking out about it, Emo Coachella, just announced their, their year two lineup, and it's fucking incredible. I don't, have you guys seen this yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. We, we, knew, this, we knew this was coming, though, months ago. Well, no, the, the, the one this not, year just happened. Yeah, not with, no, 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 no. I not know, with, but they, it, they basically added Green Day. They added, uh, who else is new on so here? So this, this is the 2023 When We Were Young Festival. Green Day and Blink are the two headliners. 30 Seconds yeah. to Mars, The Offspring, Good Charlotte, uh, Rise Against, Something Corporate, Andrew McMahon. Remember I told you about Something Corporate? Mm-hmm. It's his original emo band, Motion City Soundtrack, who, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated bands of the past 20 years. Uh, Yellow Card, Saves the Day, Say Anything, uh, Simple Plan, Newfound Glory, Sum 41. Bro, I'm about to go buy Jenko's and get a skateboard, and I'm about to hit this shit up. This is less emo than it is, like, Tony Hawk's soundtrack, bro. Yeah, this is that's exactly what it is, dude. All it is is they're like, <laughs> it's, it's the American Pie soundtrack. It is and- the American Pie soundtrack. I want to go to it. it hey, too. anything for a, a, a trip to Vegas? Any excuse for it? But, dude, this would be fucking awesome. You saw that you played with the Offspring not long ago. What, not a long ago? ago at all. They were awesome, too, by the way. Uh, they, yeah, flew, well, they flew in a grand piano for that show, which I thought was pretty gnarly. So, um, yeah, they were awesome. I, I love Motion City Soundtrack, and I was supposed to see them before the pandemic, and my tickets got canceled because the pandemic. Um but damn, dude, like, I, this is a good week for nostalgia. This is a very good week for nostalgia, which once again raises the question, there's, is there too much nostalgia? <laughs> like, are we, we're, is anybody paying attention to anything going on? No, there's just not enough good new shit. Or is, there, or is there too much new shit? No, we've, we've talked about this. Nothing new has a shelf life. It, I mean, dude, remember a year ago when we were raving about how good Adele's album was? What happened to that? Dude, I don't even think that was a year. I, poof, I think poof into the fucking abyss. Like I heard there was that first single and then nothing since. Like that is the state of music nowadays. We have one of the best artists in the game dropping an incredible fucking record and album. And Wow, it's a combination of a lot of things. It's people's attention span. Everyone is just like on to the next, on to the next. What's next? What's next? And I just don't think shit stands up like it used to. There's a reason we're still listening to stuff from the 70s, 80s, and 90s today. You know, you know how sad that makes me though—the fact that I've been putting my blood, sweat, and tears into a new album, (laughs) and I'm like, well, this will be a fart in the wind. This will be fun. Although I will say, today's session went swimmingly i played so much fucking guitar dave you'll appreciate this my fingers are pure black like this is a ah, man they're just nubs bro they're just fucking nubs Uh, yeah my shit is dead uh but ton of guitars in this i had i had a great fucking day in the studio i'm having a lot of fun um but other than that was there any new music that dropped recently is there anything of note um or are we just talking about old shit i'll talk about old shit all fucking day uh, we can talk about a few different things if you'd like. Go ahead. Um, you have introduced me to a few different bands recently that I've much appreciated, Colin. Uh, yeah, I don't, uh, dude. I went down my Americana rabbit hole and I came out and I said, Dave would love these. I'm going to send these to Dave. Turns out Dave loved them. Yeah, they're great. Um, 49 Winchester dude. out of, they hail out of Virginia. Uh, who else was there? 
Uh, Blackberry Smoke. Blackberry Smoke, also excellent. Very good music. Uh, very good Great summer name, music, by the especially. Way. What, Blackberry uh, Smoke? That is a good name. Yeah, name. dude. If you like the Black Crows, you'll fuck with Blackberry Smoke. Oh, yeah, big their, time. Their big best time. record was their debut record called The Whippoorwill, which is front to back a banger. So I kept so I kept searching for I thought that was the name of the band at first. And I was like, what the fuck is the name of this band? Like, and I couldn't find much on it. And I just had the I that was the name of the album, not the band, but also outstanding music. I have not taken either of them off. Uh, you talked to 49 Winchester, right? I did talk to 49 Winchester and they're coming on the podcast, which I'm very excited about. Uh, those guys are excited to come on too. Really cool backstory on those guys, too. Like, they were just pushing, doing their thing. And uh, eventually, people just started to come to them at festivals. And their shit is outstanding. Outst- Kenny, we finally like Kenny in the Zoom, and he's not even on the Zoom. It's just a fucking chair. Bong. We're holding. <laughs> Are you getting your bong? No. Yeah. Look at him. Are you wiping asses? How was your SpongeBob meeting, dickhead? Oh, my wife does that during the day, day thank God. <laughs> uh, everybody, welcome Kenny Carkey. Fucking post mix houses about delivery specs and all that kind of shit. Super cool stuff. Sounds terrible. We're talking about aliens. What is your opinion on aliens? Talking about? No, we were talking about DeLong earlier, but now we're talking about new music. Did you find anything this week, Kenny? Did I find anything this week? No. No. All right. Kenny Carkey, ladies and gentlemen, let's hey, go. Uh, yeah. Do you want to give your thoughts on Blink real quick? Yeah, sure. Um, let's see. From a nostalgia standpoint, I'm super excited, I guess. Not that I'll necessarily even go to a show. It's just kind of like, okay, that's cool that that's coming back and it's making a lot of people happy. I love Matt Skiba in Alkaline Ooh, Trio. I we didn't even talk about that. I hate him in Blink. It just doesn't work for me, so I'm excited. I thought the same thing. Yeah, I so thought the same great, thing. Like, sick. I, I've been listening to Alkaline since I was like 15, but it just didn't work for that aspect. I'm a big Mark Hoppus fan. I think he's great, and I'm stoked to see them come back. There's a lot of funny jokes about like Blink 401k because they're so <laughs> <laughs> you know we all knew it was gonna happen so you know i'm not super surprised but i'm stoked I'm it actually wrong. caught me off guard i was not expecting that for some reason they've been talking about it for like a year like little hints that tom's coming back or whatever the fuck well we didn't even mention this shit i thought the mark hoppus for beating cancer i yeah. like i totally forgot yeah, about sure. that yeah yeah uh, everybody kind of forgot about that yeah so and, this news drop today yeah no and and people were online like uh like writing like oh my god mark hoppus looks like johnny knoxville now and yeah. i was like i was like mark hoppus is a fucking beast dude i saw their headlining that, that next uh next year's when we were young festival yep. yeah 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 because you were late you just missed our whole conversation about the uh the major headliners are announced for basically every festival now and dude, it's drake for when we were young next year is even more on point with my like 12 to 15 years yeah yeah like the Ataris, dude. Are you kidding me? Phoenix TX, MXP. I didn't even see the Ataris were on yeah, there. Yeah, dude. Boys of Summer. Yeah. That's yeah, they game. have that song and one other that I remember. Yeah, the Ataris did the Boys of Cover, uh, Boys of Summer Boys cover. Boys of Summer cover, yeah. Yeah. Banging. Yeah, that's what they got big famous for. He's actually a really good songwriter and singer. I hear he's a dick though. Are you shocked? Well, I mean, for a band that small, like, do you get to be a dick? I don't, you know. I don't know. I almost fought the guy from Better Than Ezra, so yeah, I expect him to be a dick. <laughs> Vice is playing. That's so sick. Finch, less than Jake. That'd be great. Less yeah. than Jake. All my friends are metalheads. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. What a great band, man. Go Florida. Uh, and then what, what else is there to get into? I, I'm, I'm so, I, I saw, I saw simple plan and newfound glory last summer at riot fest and they were both good, but like literally they were all like George Costanza bald way overweight, like dad bod, <laughs> like beer bellies, like no, none of the frosted tips, nothing like that. They're all like, it's dad. like, Oh man, dude, they're it kind of ruins it almost. Oh, they're dads, dude. hundred percent. Well, they're all dads i mean yeah i know but that that's my point it's like you you're ready to play my friends over you and it's like a bunch of 50 year olds it's like my son's friends over you. a lot of that blink shit with the pp poo poo jokes and stuff yeah. like that where you're like yo you're 51 years old <laughs> Dude, they don't they look good for their age though like they, oh, they do. you can tell yeah, they, they, didn't, they didn't like drink and smoke their fucking life away the thing good. about Newfound Glory, though, is they had that guitar player that's in the fucking clinker now for the rest of his life. For what? What, what did he do? Like, inappropriate shit. Is he a like dirty a diddler? Yeah, he's a big diddler. So they, they've always been a five-piece. Always been a five-piece, and it's still weird for me to see them as a four-piece. Also, speaking of, I don't even know if we should say this stuff because... Ah, say it. Fuck he's it. been charged, but, like, not... Oh, all you gotta do is put a legend in front of it. Well, did you hear about Rex Orange County? Yeah. What, a, what a disappointment for that dude to want to be in a dirt band. I love Hold his on. You know what I was disappointed by? That he's not from Orange County. He's from England. Yeah. He's yeah. English? Yeah, yeah, dude. Why are you calling yourself that? That's so stupid. He got, busted, just... he got busted five sexual assault uh charges. No, what's Boston, really Boston? Yeah, and what's really corny about that too is uh he had like a massive tour planned. And then, like three months ago, announced that he was going to not be able to do the tour because of unforeseen personal reasons. Yeah, oh. the personal reasons are you're about to get locked up for sexual yeah, assault, you fucking like dirtbag. <laughs> you imagine being one of his fans and being like, "Wow, I hope you're okay, Rex. I hope everything's all right." And he's like, "No, I'm fine, thank you." Turns out you got called being a dirty pervert, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, so you're good. You're safe now. Allegedly. Well, here's the difference, though. There's a difference between allegedly and being charged. Yeah. Like, allegedly is like a couple chicks on Twitter are saying some gnarly shit about you. That's allegedly. Being charged is like, yo, they had enough evidence to charge you. Oh, my God. Gnarly. Yeah, it is fucking gnarly. Damn, Kenny comes through with the gnarly shit. (laughs) Oh, my God. What else did I see? Did you see that? Lady Gaga is playing the new Harley Quinn in the new Joker. I saw that. Yeah. Wait, what? I mean, I, I, okay. So it kind of makes sense because I'm super bummed that it's a fucking musical, or at least they're saying it's going to be a musical. And then they got fucking Gaga to play Harley Quinn. Harley, Harley Quinn's not a singer. You fucking, idiot. you know, that that's Dave's least favorite movie of all time. It's which one Joker. It's the last Joker. That movie fucking sucked. Yeah. But I'm talking uh, that movie. I didn't like the plot. I thought it was fucking stupid. It didn't but, suck. Like it, 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 maybe you expected it to be better. I didn't like the plot. Way worse movies. Than yes, like, absolutely. Like, in a way worse movie is Suicide Squad. That was one of the worst. Oh, pieces that of was terrible. So Suicide Squad. Wait, 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 wait. The new Suicide Squad. No. Or the old one? Suicide Squad sucked balls. The Suicide Squad was awesome. Whatever the new one was was fucking incredible. I love the I new seen one. The new one, the old one, I've seen enough of it to know that it's maybe the worst piece of shit ever. Dave, did you did you like Guardians of the Galaxy? 
Yeah, I love Guardians, of course. The, go- the guy like, who did Guardians of the Galaxy did the Suicide Squad. Okay, was, so I would like it, I'm sure, yeah. It was awesome. It's full comedy, like, fall on the floor laughing. kind of. And then, like, really gory at the same time. Like, dude, it, John Cena's Peacemaker is John one of the Cena. characters. Of John all. fucking Cena, dude. Um, but other than that, uh, what was the other thing? I, there was one fucking thing I really wanted to get into. Oh, Dante, you wrote a good blog today. I saw the Willow Smith performance on SNL, and it was actually really good. Dude, I'm I'm like losing my fucking mind. The editors at Barstool are killing me with changing my blog titles. For some reason, one I'm not going to accuse, I don't know who did it, but the original blog title was, I can't, I still can't believe that Willow is the offspring of Will and Jada Pinkett Smith. That was it. <laughs> That was it because I really can't like I saw her on SNL and I was like, this girl's fucking awesome. Like she's a great musician, great guitarist, good voice. I loved her fucking song that was all over the airwaves this summer with Travis Barker. Was that transparent soul? Yeah, dude. Banger. banger. Before, before I even knew that was her, I was like, this is a great fucking song. So that was my blog. Someone fucking changed it to Willow. Willow Smith, daughter of Will and Jada, actually really fucking good. So it's not a huge deal, but people make people automatically click on it and are like, oh, he's like fucking saying that, you know, she's awesome or whatever. Like, I am saying she's good, but that wasn't like the point of the blog. Mm. But of course, I'm getting fucking killed by all. Can I say something? The ACDC burnouts and shit. Well, first off, Barstool commenters do not have the best music taste. Let's just say that straight out. I will say that straight out. I, every time you guys post a music blog, I read the comments, and it's always like, this isn't, you know, this isn't Pink Floyd. It's like, dude, grow the fuck up. Come on. Things change. They do. Yo, quote this, put it on a post, blast it on a billboard. Willow Smith is absolute hot dog water. Oh <laughs> man, GK shocker that Kenny doesn't like her. How come? Get out of here. No, it's you, not real. It's not real. Doesn't matter to me because taste of the moment. It's I'll tell real. you why though. The reason I disagree with you is because the first time I heard that transparent soul song, I didn't know who it was, and I was like, "Damn, this is actually pretty fucking fire." And then I looked it up, and I was like, "No fucking way is this Willow Smith?" Same. Dude, and then. Same. Dude, that song, uh, Meet Me at Our Spot, that was really big online, same exact goddamn thing happened where I was like, this is fucking fire, and I shazammed it. And I was like, this is Willow Smith too? I should hate this. Everything in me. The the Kenny Carkey inside my head was like, trash, 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 you suck, trash, trash, trash. (laughs) But sick. Dude, I will I will fucking eat crow when I'm wrong or when I'm being a hater. And in that situation, I was being a hater. It's not bad. Sure. She's a rich girl, and her parents are both famous, and she's got every leg up in the world. I, I can admit when something's good, even if I don't ha- like want to like it. It's okay. Thank Kenny, you. Kenny. Well, I, no, I, just, <laughs> I don't believe. I don't believe it. I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I don't believe it. It's like MGK. I don't. I don't believe you. All right, I feel like we've pushed this far enough. Uh, I want to get into this amazing interview that we have with Marty Schwartz. Uh, I think he's going to wind up teaching Dave how to play guitar. I really do. Dave? Yeah, I I mean, <laughs> he's he's got many hours with me that he doesn't even know have ever existed anyway. So I'm excited. I he, he was I like when 
when you're interviewing someone and you can tell like they're they don't know how it's going to go at first. Yep. And then once they get loosened up and, and the juices are flowing a little bit, they, they open up a lot. And that's what he did. He was really good. And his story is really cool. The story. I which mean, I anybody want... who's ever touched a, a guitar knows who he is. Oh, like yeah. anybody. Yeah. And the story that at the end of this is unfucking believable. When we find out who the most famous person that ever asked him to teach him the guitar was it's, I'm not going to say who it was, but it's a fucking amazing story. Um, so let's go into our interview. With the one, the only, Marty Schwartz. Yeah! How you feeling? Yeah! You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list this week, possibly the most prolific guitar teacher in the history of the world, Marty's music. Marty Schwartz on the podcast. Marty, how are you, buddy? Hey, what's up? Oh, my oh. God. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for uh, having me. It's, uh, it's, it's quite an honor, I must say. Thank uh you. Honor is all on this side. So I will start here. Two different things, by the way. Um, one, you haven't responded to any of my song requests via DM. <laughs> I was a little offended by that. Um, okay. I, I wanted Dissident by uh, Pearl Jam. And then um, another one. I, 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 I looked it up this morning. Oh, it's Mariah Carey, I'll Always Be My Baby. Um, okay. Th honestly, those are both awesome. Where did you, where did you do the, uh, the request thing? It was DMing Instagram on, DMs. I, Instagram. I, okay. I wasn't expecting a response. I'm sure you get flooded. Um, okay. No, but both of those are great. Always a big Pearl Jam fan. They're a little tricky to teach because it's like usually three or four guitar parts right. playing at once. Yep. Um, but I love, love both of those suggestions. And like the Mariah Carey uh, is honestly, those are really fun to translate into like acoustic songs. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the Anderson um, East version, yeah. right? Right. Oh, right. okay. Once again, I was I was saying uh, I say this a lot is I'm making so many vi videos that I'm barely keeping up with anything else. How many do you think you pump out a week? Well, I'm trying to like get ahead right now, so the goal is always to be about two weeks ahead, and I'm releasing, you know, every day pretty much. Um, right now. I am like almost two months ahead. So when I was yeah. um, speaking with Matt, you're you're from your management team. He said, "Are you going back and forth between Nashville and the West Coast right now?" Yeah, yeah. I've been working. He is part of a, a network that manages my YouTube channel and helps you know just helps me run everything and strategize. And they've actually more recently been really great um, hooking me up with guys like. Marcus King and you know yeah yeah that I just interviewed and um uh, a younger artist you know it's really interesting there's the younger Gen Z or Gen Z uh generation that's coming up and what I'm starting to notice now from this younger 20 something generation of musicians that are starting to get known uh I was just there you know I was just part of you know their existence it's it's almost like they don't comprehend that youtube and learning guitar didn't exist like that before i'm just like part of their their journey where they it's almost just so organic they wouldn't even shout me out because it's just was there it's because you are the blueprint now as to when i was a kid i had to learn tabs or I yeah learn, i'm a freak i didn't learn tabs but now you are tabs. Like you realize, yeah. do you realize the footprint that you currently have? Cause I'm just going to say this right away. 
3.5 million subscribers on your main page That's is ridiculous. For a ridiculous. Show. ridiculous. I, I mean, Thank you. sports who I work for, I think we got like six on YouTube. It's crazy. And that's a massive wow. media conglomerate, you know, to, yep. to do what you do is insanely impressive. And prior to you hopping on the show, uh, Colin call, kind of called you the Genghis Khan of guitar teachers. <laughs> you just like, I, he had like 900 kids. <laughs> I was trying to do the math on this the other day. It was 900 kids. They say he had to a thousand or something. So we're all tangentially related to him. Every single guitar player on the planet, a <laughs> like me to an actual touring musician, like Colin has used you as a way to right. learn. I didn't get the Gen- Genghis Khan part until you started to get further in it because I, I could also be like the Kevin Bacon. No, nope. Genghis Khan. Right? You're Genghis Khan. Doesn't matter. <laughs> no, Genghis Khan is way better. <laughs> no, but the thing is, too, from my perspective, like I, d- I don't need guitar lessons at this point in my life. But the one thing that I know you from, because me and David bonded over this to where, and we're going to get to this, you're going to help us turn Dave into a guitar player. But for me, I watch your product reviews and different things like that. I was going to pick between, uh, I think it was a dot or a 335 recently, and I was going through videos of yours that you were going through features on different guitars. So no yeah. matter what level you are at, you have a fingerprint on everybody right now. So when did you realize this was fucking coming together? Wow. Well, I was a full-time musician, sideman talk guitar as my day job so i never was like oh i'm a guitar teacher for a living i was like i am a guitarist for a living and all the guitar players that were my mentors they taught me guitar they played in a bunch of bands and they recorded and then every once in a while they'd go out on the road with somebody um they weren't famous but they had this great carved out niche so i was just kind of trying to follow in those footsteps um I randomly taught elementary school music in 2005. Uh, I mean, it's part of my like, Journey. you know, what's, yeah, what's the, you know, lore. The, your, the lore. your quick bar. Your, the, yeah, yeah. The elevator pitch would be, especially in the beginning, I was an elementary school music teacher that got laid off in the financial crisis of 2008. I started making YouTube videos to promote myself to get more private students. And then that took on a life of its own. And I kept, uh, I was also in my mid thirties with a baby who's now about to go away to college. Congratulations. You know, there was all that. Thank you. It's all that like scrambling, like, oh, I can't be like a bum guitar player anymore. Uh, Like, you know, the looking at your kid in diapers, the economy's crashing. I got laid off. Like I was just scrambling and it was not a fun time. It was so stressful, but there's so many stories like that. Oh yes, origin story. That's what I was going. For. That's a word my word. origin story. Yes, like the superhero origin story. Um, but so yeah, it was just a super desperate, stressful time. Losing the work opened up free thinking in my brain to take action and have free time to try something else. So I was in the same spot I'm in right now. By the way, this is my garage here in in San Diego. Mm. And it's where the whole thing started. I got laid off. They called me in, laid me off. I dro- drove back into this garage here. It's a little bit nicer setup now. But I drove into the same room and I played the a cover of Beatles Don't Let Me Down and consciously put it on YouTube. And that was my first conscious like, okay, I am going to just start making YouTube videos and I don't know why or what's going to happen from it. And that, and so that was two, 2008. I don't know when YouTube became youtube but 
it wasn't too long before then. So the forward thinking that you had to even do that, like, cause there's yeah. a million people you can Google or just Google like uh dissident guitar lesson, you know, and there'll be right. 20, 30, 40, a million different videos. But if it's a song that you have covered and that you have taught, you know, or put on YouTube, you are the first guy. It's got hundreds of thousands of views, sometimes millions like yep. the first actual song I learned to play through you start to finish was Sweet Home Alabama. And I would sit there. Nice. Yeah. yeah and, so um, it, it, from that perspective, it's crazy. well, from that perspective, we talked to, this is actually a perfect time to have you on because so many people that we've had on this podcast were in the same situation going into COVID to where things fell apart. The music industry fell apart, but there has been great, I don't know, uh, innovation from that tragedy. And, one of them is on the guest list podcast. The shit would not have happened if it wasn't for fucking COVID. And to know, I did not know that it started from that point for you, but it, it, you yep. obviously turned fucking trash into, into cold. Yes. Yeah. And I, and, and so I, but, and I can tell you that the, the interesting steps, it was like, I started, I thought I was super innovative. I would, I had a laptop camera and, and some of my students would say, this is a classic guitar teacher thing. Every guitar teacher will know this. You show up and the student says, oh, I didn't practice this week. Or I forgot how it goes. <laughs> it was these things you'd hear over and over. And I was frustrated with this, you know, slacker kid. And, you know, a lot of the kids, they weren't, not every student was passionate about it. Like about 30% were just like, would eat it all up. And the other 70%, it was like, I'm going to soccer today. You've got guitar tomorrow, you know? But so those kids that weren't super passionate, uh, I remember still, I was teaching this kid fire by Jimi Hendrix. Mm. And it was like the third week in a row where he was just like, Oh yeah, I didn't play. I didn't practice. Nothing, nothing. I said, all right, forget it. I'm going to flip my camera up on my laptop right now. And I'm going to play through the riff really slow just for you. And uh, his name's Colton shout out Colton in San Diego. Um, I'm going to put your name in the title and I'm going to put it on YouTube. And then that way I'm going to check the views oh, and, you can't, oh, it's smart. and you can't tell me that you couldn't find it because the first word in the title is going to be your name. So it was like Colton, you know, October 6th, 2007. I'm looking this lesson. up. Oh, I don't think it's up anymore. Okay. <laughs> No, it's that they're not up, but uh, you know, I'm so legit now. I had to take those down. Oh, uh, you gotta secret, get rid of the no. early ones, yeah. No, the secret's out. No, um, <laughs> there's a couple but, really but old so, ones that are still up. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. So, I uh, <laughs> I put it up on YouTube and you know, got five views or whatever, and so that was step one. Step two, I was like, okay. I'm going to start doing that with all my students. And then when someone calls on a referral, I can send them to my YouTube channel so they can see my style. And it's innovative because I'll make video clips for you. This is great. Blah, blah. You know, that was my innovation. It wasn't where it ended up now. It was just one step at a time where I kept learning little things. Like the biggest thing I learned was a total accident with one of the kids. Instead of putting his name first and the date, I still remember the song. It was Mississippi Queen. Shout out to Mountain mm -hmm. Mississippi Queen, which, by the way, a little kid was asking to learn it in 2006 or seven because of Guitar Hero. Mm, so yep. 
another shout out to an amazing ally of the guitar is Guitar Hero, because a little kid would never know Mississippi Queen otherwise. But I still remember it. I typed how to play the intro to Mississippi Queen by Mountain for Chase, blah, blah, blah. And it got like, you know, a few hundred views as opposed to 10 views just by the title. So I was like, ooh, I'm just going to do that every time now. And then all of a sudden, one just kind of started to blow up. I don't even remember to like, because there wasn't one viral video. It was like, ooh, everyone I do now gets like 300 views. This is really cool. And then it was like, everyone gets 500 views. I'm like, oh, this one's starting to, like, I think it was Hotel California, you know? Oh, this one, all of a sudden it had 30,000 views. Oh my God, what would it be like if I had, you know, a, a thousand subscribers? What would that feel like? And then it was... I, I do distinctly remember, it was probably about a year and a half, two years later, I remember thinking, what would it be like if I didn't even teach private lessons anymore and I only did videos for my living? Like, what, what would that, that would be amazing. And then it happened, you know? And so each thing has just been a slow, gradual step-by-step. Step. And uh, something interesting, which makes sense, but not everyone thinks about it. You know, the pandemic was for my channel and everything was huge. I was just about to ask. Yeah. That's how I started picked up a guitar two years ago. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So when you think about that, I, I was so prepared already. I was already doing the thing for a living, working from home, making videos, reaching people through the internet, all the stuff I had been doing for over a decade when the pandemic hit. So, uh, yes, people grabbing a new hobby, um, people playing, having more time to play guitar, people needing distraction, therapy, all these different kinds of aspects came about. And so I had this really unnatural spike right in that first six months of the lockdown and all that. Mm -hmm. But I would say now, a couple years out, uh, I'm still doing better than my original trajectory before the pandemic. So like, there's more guitar players now um you know i'm still you know youtube the internet's changing so fast chasing the algorithm all that stuff and uh i just pump out a video every day because it's because it works for me you know and uh i'm just going to keep going because i really enjoy it and i have all these amazing other opportunities um you know i just i was just on this trip in nashville for two weeks where basically every day i did something epic that's going to be on video can you so, tell us any of it can you tell us any of it yeah well marcus king at the ryman theater oh, at which the is, ryman yeah yeah Ooh. so we did a we did a shoot there in johnny cash's dressing room amazing uh so that was yes that was really epic i jammed with a great young guitar player named daniel donato yeah i know daniel donato a, that's amazing okay yeah 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 so i jammed with his band um i also jammed with this group called the pitch meeting which is a a 10 piece professional band in Nashville. That's like uh, a fan. You'll love this. Cause this is an only a Nashville kind of thing. It's called pitch meeting. It's uh, every Tuesday in Nashville. And if you're a songwriter in Nashville, which that's where all the songwriters are basically now you can go up and these musicians are so good that you can just show them your song, your original oh, song yeah. on the spot and they will perform it and back you up. And there's a great audience. So it's like open mic night, but only for original music. I and so it. I was a featured, yeah, I was a featured artist in that. And what was really great was it was tons of people in their 20s for participating. 
and a bunch of music students from uh, Belmont University in Nashville. And it was amazing to be out and meet these people that used to be too young to learn from me in the beginning. And now they're out doing this stuff. And I'm getting to meet them now. And it's a whole new generation. Uh, I was super used to, to the, no offense to the, I am not a boomer, guys. I'm a Gen X, but <laughs> a lot of boomers. That was my number one demo. But now there's this whole Gen Z thing that's that's exploding. And I'm kind of like just always been there for them. Yeah. And uh, it's really cool. So I, I worked with and made a video with another young artist up and coming. He shout out Briston Maroney. Yes, who, I love Briston Maroney. What, dude? This is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So Briston Maroney totally learned guitar from me. That's. I mean, why well, don't want to? I don't want. No, I, I, let me rephrase that. He used my videos to, to teach himself guitar. Gang is I'm perfectly. Yes, I'm perfectly <laughs> comfortable not taking credit for actually teaching people because it's up to you guys. You yeah. know, you had to do that first lesson and decide to do the next one. Right. It's, it's totally up to the people. The people did it. I'm just glad it was my information, you know, and, and hopefully uh, because I taught, I taught little kids and I taught so many private lessons and it's probably just one of my, it is actually my superpower is my uh, personability, communication skills, just being relaxed about it, not like being that strict. I'm, I was so used to going to lessons and watching their hands shake and being so, uh, feeling so much pressure because they're being judged by a teacher and maybe they didn't practice or maybe they're just scared to be one-on-one -on -one with someone. Yep. You know, I was so used to like diffusing and being funny and, and just always like getting them to enjoy the time and you know, sneak that guitar into it. Well, Marty, I, I want you to know, you're kind of looking at one of your progeny here. Because honestly, if it wasn't for you, I don't know that this podcast would exist. Because my friend wow. David, my friend David over here, the reason this happened, he had hit me up and asked me to teach him how to play the guitar. And that's how this relationship blossomed. But yeah. David started yeah, playing when he Philly. I'm in I'm in Chicago. So it's not like we could meet up in the afternoons and you know teach me the G chord and all that. Um, oh, so it's true. Awesome. It, it, it's like butterfly effect stuff. And on that exact note, the reason I originally hit you up via email and your management team and all that was, um, I watched your video playing, uh, you were just jamming out with Ed King, uh, from, a yes. what was that? Like he wrote Sweet Home Alabama. He, oh, that's exactly. So he wrote the song. I watched a documentary after it, which is outstanding. If you, if you haven't seen it yourself or if anybody listening hasn't seen it, but, um, it's only like an hour and a half long too. It's in and out on Netflix right now. But, um, I, I read in the comments on the YouTube, it's like some guy, it was one of the top comments. You can go and look at it right now. I'm sure. Okay. Okay. He said, um, He's like, yeah, I was, I think he said New Jersey. So Collins neck of the woods. He's like, yeah, I was jamming out in my garage. And then this, Someone, one of the guys I was jamming out with uh, said, hey, I know someone who can actually teach us to do this right. He'll be over in a little bit. And it was Ed King. So I was like, oh, man, Ed King seems super, super uh, approachable. <laughs> and so I Google, I'm like, Ed King contact info, whatever I said. I didn't realize he passed away like a year or two ago. Um, <laughs> rest in peace. And I'm like, you know what? Let's just hit up Marty and have him tell the story kind of firsthand. How did that even come to be? I mean, that's he's a god of rock. He wrote one of the all-time classic 
all time great classic rock songs, you know? Yeah. And uh, rest in peace, Ed King. Uh, that video was uh, a really good one for me. It, it actually opened the door for, for a bunch of other interviews that I've gotten. You know, it was a good first step. Um, that was my network, you know, the contacts in Nashville. He lived in Nashville. So it was all through my music. So for the last 10 years, I've been working in Nashville, you know, every month and a half, every two months. Really depends. You know, we book things out. Yeah, I have yeah. stuff booked in November. I have stuff booked in November right now. Um, in fact, I have a, a live event on November 15th at the Gibson Garage in Nashville. We were just we were there. Just there. Ago. Yeah. yeah, so anyone on that day, anyone from the public can just come up. And I mean, it's going to be random picking, but usually everyone that really wants to come up can come up and either play a tune with me or learn something from me. And it's on, and you know, the video ends up on my channel and stuff. So that's been a really cool thing. But the Ed King, my Nashville people on my, you know, networking for 10 years, they hooked that up and he was really proud of, especially Sweet Home Alabama in his hallway. He had, and he was, he was a character. I mean, he called it Narcissist Hall. So <laughs> that's what he called it, not me, right? So in the hallway was, uh, and it was a long hallway, and it was a large house. Um, and his dog was named Bama, as in Sweet Home Alabama. And he had movie posters for every movie that Sweet Home Alabama had been in. So every movie ever made. At all. No, I would do just, the same just, thing. Yeah, just this long hallway of all these framed movie posters. One that was classic was, and it was a, one of the most recent ones, was uh, Despicable Me, where the minions first come from. Yeah. So in the very beginning of Despicable Me, Sweet Home Alabama is in it. Because it's what? like a southern family is at the pyramids. What movie doesn't have Sweet Home Alabama in it? Like I'm going well, to my head about, right now. How about the movie Sweet Home Alabama? Yeah, exactly. There's a movie. Called. <laughs> I, mean, I think you get. I think you get paid twice for that. Yeah, so licensing maybe. goes twice there. <laughs> Holy shit! No wonder you had a giant house. You, sync, <laughs> Dave. Sync licensing is the way to go. So if you write a song like Sweet Home Alabama, you can have a narcissist hall. That's exactly I mean, how yeah. it happens. It's. it's everywhere it's and, and like he, so yeah part of the, go and ahead. he had a 59 he had a 59 less paul that um jason isbel bought after he passed no way that's my dude i love isbel so yeah much. so a 59 less paul sunburst is like the holy grail guitar yes. joe bonamassa knows exactly yep. how many are left and the missing serial number i mean literally um if you want to get into nerd, people. if you want to get into nerd talk, we can get into nerd talk about guitars because this is right yeah. up my fucking alley. I like no, I love it. But so the fifty nine less ball, Ed King had a, a beautiful one. He let me play it. It was called Red Eye, and when he passed, Jason Isbell bought it from his wife. I, I don't actually know how much, but those go from anywhere, you know, six hundred to six hundred thousand to a million dollars. When you checked out the garage down in Nashville, did you go by in the little bank vault they have in the basement? Is that even the basement or in the side room? It's with like the, uh, the, uh, the stage. The, the vault. Sta yeah, the, the vault. vault. The vault, yeah. 
I don't even know if we can talk about that. I don't think we can. Yeah, I, yeah. I brought uh, well, a camera. Yeah, I brought it. a camera in there, and the the woman who was showing us the vault, and I was asking her questions on camera, and she was like, "How about you put the camera down, and we'll talk about prices here, Chief." Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They no, had, I I think uh, I mean it's cool. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to make it mysterious, but uh, yeah, I mean I don't think it's really. I I think I can talk about it. I'm a I'm a. I'm a Gibson uh, ambassador. I think it's all right. Well, actually, I don't know what my title is, but I work with Gibson. Hell yeah! And uh, and they've been amazing to me. So that's a pinch me moment, you know, just working with a brand like that. And you know, there's a classic video where I got to tour the factory as this guitar was made, and then they gave it to me at the end of the video. Oh my god. Yeah, what's yeah, so, what's what's in there right now, pickup wise? That stock pickups or anything special? Yeah, no, not no, just just totally stock. But I got to pick, um, you know, the block inlay, for instance. I picked red because of Marty McFly. Oh, okay. Like yeah, you know Marty Marty yep. McFly, and then uh, the block inlays. BB King had block inlays, um, and three thirty five's always been my. So my go-to guitar. I've played a lot of funk and rhythm and blues before YouTube existed, and it was great. You can rock with it, but you can get kind of jazzy with it too. So it was always the great. The three thirty-five so versatile. That's why it's my favorite guitar in history. Yeah, and you can get the feedback with the sound holes. Yeah, well, and I'm quoting P- Nigel there. If you have P nineties in it, you can make that shit scream. But when nobody's put, you shouldn't put P nineties in a fucking three thirty-five. No, you put it in your second 335. Oh, my God. I love this shit. What? Well, hold on. So you have a large collection behind you, obviously, for anybody watching. Yeah. Do you have a yeah. personal favorite guitar that you own? Well, this one symbolizes all my my journey up yeah. to getting acknowledged by, you know, the best guitar company and then giving me a guitar and working with them. It, it symbolizes all the 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 30 years really of, of grabbing a guitar and dream. I, I had, had stars in my eyes, you know, and I would play uh, all the nineties jam bands is what I grew up with when I started playing guitar. That's like when I grabbed the guitar was blues traveler and fish and uh, almond brothers and more classic rock. But the fact that there were this new crop of bands that sounded more like, the Grateful Dead and the Allman Brothers. That was really exciting to a 17, 18 year old me. And I just had to play a couple chords, you know. I didn't, I was not to become a musician. It was just, man, I just want to be able to, when I see someone's guitar at someone's house, I want to at least be able to play one chord. And then it was two chords and then it was three chords. You know? rest, yeah. That's actually Dave's goal is just to be able to play a couple chords around a, a campfire. It's a great way to learn. I'm telling you what, because there's no pressure. I think uh, there's no pressure and it's really enjoyable to, to learn the first four chords. Like there's so many famous songs that you could just stick with that. And that's what my dad did. My dad knew like four or five chords, like whole time. <laughs> never <laughs> progressed. Uh, so there was a guitar like lying around in the house, but I wasn't, you know, with musical parents or anything. Um, but that's, that's it. And that's what I tried to get. That's how the videos are. My videos try to come off that way. And when I used to teach, that's what I try and do. It's just like, cause you want to get them hooked. When you get hooked, then it's your own journey where you're like, man, right. I just got to learn that next thing, you know? 
Um, so yeah. What's your, what's your biggest piece of advice to the people watching your videos? Is it repetition? Is it getting that itch? Like for someone like Dave, who is beginning his journey as a musician, what would your biggest piece of advice be? Man, I mean, I, the more fun you, you can get out of it from the very beginning, the more motivating I think it'll be. I've always been about enjoying it because people go, Marty, I lost my motivation. Like, what do I do? And that's the certain message around. Obviously, I understand getting st stuck in a plateau. And we all know the answer to getting out of a plateau. We just avoid it. It's learning something new. Yep. It's real simple, but we want to, it's psychological. You know what I mean? What I found in, I don't know if this is the same for other people in general, but actually, so I'm sure you're familiar with AWOL Nation. One of our other co-hosts who just had twins, he's not here right now. He's one of the founding members of AWOL Nation. And I'll play a song horribly. I'll, I'll preface it by saying horribly, <laughs> like four or five hours one night. And I'll just get frustrated and pissed off. I'll sleep on sure. it a night or two. And then like a day or two later, I'll pick up and then that plateau's it's conquered. It's then it's off. And then there's another plateau. It's weird. Oh, how man. Okay. So what, you know, I can totally relate to that, obviously, because like all I, it's all I do every day. What's the, uh, you mentioned uh, the Pearl Jam song, Dissident. Yep. There's the, uh, that acoustic one. Have I told you? You know, with a, more complex like yeah 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 are, are um, you dude this is awesome i love this yeah yeah so so i love that song you know and that pattern doesn't come comfortable it's not like i just heard that song and i've been playing guitar 30 years i didn't hear that song and then go oh yeah i'm just gonna go over and play it right now i didn't do that um i started it worked on it if I was feeling good that first day, maybe like 15 minutes and it was just crap, you know, but I started it and I went really slow. I was like, all right, I'm just going to back burner that go to some ACDC or something. I know. Well, Oh, here's something I know. I'll teach a blues lick now and make a video. Okay. And then I'm, the next day, another 20 minutes, the next day, uh, later that night on the couch, the TV's on, I'm just working yep. the pattern. Yep. Just working the pattern. You know, and it was maybe a week later I shot it. And by that week later, and there was no magic, no magic at all. I just put in 20 minutes here, 20 minutes there. But about a week later, I just nailed it, at least for that first 45 seconds. Well, Ma Marty, <laughs> Marty, here's, a, here's an interesting question, too, for the teacher. How did you learn? Did you take lessons? Yeah. Did you did you do tabs? Are you an ear guy? Like, how did you learn as a kid? If I'm a guitar teacher, I have to be a proponent of guitar having guitar lessons right of course. so i'm never gonna not say that i got the 90s jam band bug senior of high school had a couple friends that played guitar really well already i'm still friends with them i bought a harmonica so instead of watching them jam maybe i could learn enough to then not only watch but actually be a part of it and then be john popper yeah only only if you know right. and so so I did able, I was able to figure out enough to, to start jamming with my friends and be around more to then have them show me the basic chords. So my friends showed me just like you guys, just think, you know, this, the A chord, A minor, E, C, all that stuff. 
and the basic pentatonic scale. And it was just one little step at a time until all of a sudden I could play like some Neil Young tunes. I could play some like, you know, like Rocky Raccoon or Hide Your Love Away, those classic GDC knocking on heaven's door, wish you were here, all the classics, you know? And I was like, yeah, man, I, I got this going. I got this happening really quick. It was like in a few weeks or so. And I loved it. And so then I asked my mom, I said, hey, I want to just take some lessons at some shop. Just I'm like totally into this now. And I think that now that I can play a little bit, that if I went into lessons that he, I could probably have someone just show me a bunch of cool stuff. So I just did that for a few months because then I went away to college to study film because I wasn't a great guitar player. And then when I went to college, all I did was hang out with musicians. I just that stayed on that same journey progression and i haven't jumped off that train so that was 93 and i've never not played guitar every single day so or unless i was out of town i didn't have a guitar so um so yeah oh i want to mention something about the hat you said you make fun of it which is fine it's more ball than well it. no and and it's it's oh, also yeah, the yeah. fact that i i have this i went through a phase i spent a lot of time in nashville i, I write songs for csac <laughs> i'm from philadelphia and i came home with one oh, of those yeah. hats and my friend destroyed me because absolutely so about totally the hat. Worth, totally okay so they're more making fun of me than you to be completely no honest. no no but but i've had it i've had it where it's been in and out of style now a couple times and i'm stuck with it but the only thing i want to say about the hat is uh well now i mean i'm 47 now so i'm politically challenged at this point but when it started i wasn't um but what i will say is i probably wouldn't have that initial spark without it because you couldn't make your own thumbnails back in 2008 it would just capture one and the very first big truly viral video was for a different website i won't name it it was for a different website where i was a hired instructor because i was trying to get out there and i didn't even say my name in the video and it was a blues video it did really well and all the comments were where's the guy in the hat we want the guy in the hat back and then because you couldn't make your thumbnail I really stood out in the silhouette of all those thumbnails in the beginning. Uh, man. Like I'm telling you, and it's great. Like I love seeing a guitar teacher that's wearing the exact same hat. It makes me chuckle. Like I love it. Um, but truly, it was part of that. And now, yeah, yeah. It's like if I didn't have the hat when I like went to Marcus King concert, like, am I really like my? That's your self? brand. Are you more? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Slash. Slash can go out without the top hat. You know? Grave on. He's gonna wear. Yeah. He's, they're gonna wear the hat. Marcus King had his hat too, you know. So, so all I can say is it, it, it truly has been my my friend more than not. And of course, you can bust my. Are you kidding? I'm a YouTuber. I, I have to be able to take the that's true hat humor. We were just yeah, talking I mean, about this before because yeah. Dave gets destroyed in the comments on Barstool Sports, and I was like, just don't read, <laughs> dude. Fuck them, fuck them. Mm. We don't care about them. Do you read the comments? Uh. Have you heard of the Streisand effect, the Barbara Streisand effect? I've heard of it, but I don't know what it is. Refresh my memory. Yeah, same with me. It would just it would it would basically be like if someone busted your just ripped into you on Twitter and you responded, and your response now made all your fans see the negative comment in the first place. When if you wouldn't have responded, it would have just faded into a million other comments and no one would have ever seen oh, it. Yep. Dave, look at David. It, <laughs> I just can't do it. it. No. No, and I won't name who, but there's plenty that can't do it either. 
but it's called the Streisand effect because Barbara Streisand tried to fight the paparazzi. We're going to release her address of her like Santa Barbara estate. And she tried to fight it, but the filing is public. So like when it was filed publicly, the address was then now public. Uh... And like, she basically shot herself in the foot. Now, like everyone knew her address because she was trying to fight no one knowing her address. And so it's, uh, it's why it's you don't that. throw well, bread. Well, it's why you don't throw bread to seagulls dude. Cause then they just swarm. don't feed the troll. Don't feed the troll. Yeah. Um, I will say I am very fortunate to have, you know, mo- I don't know, man, 95, 99% positive comments. Yeah. I'm not very, uh, divisive or anything. All I'm doing is, sh- you know, I'm showing guitar. I mean, of course there's the, you know, the, the dudes in their bedroom that say, you know, that's wrong. That's not where he paid it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if that was their voice, but uh, it was and, definitely and, their know, voice. Some, by all means, I have made mistakes or I've done something by ear or I've done something because it's like there's five different guitar layers and I'm figuring out my own version. If there was only one guitar player, I mean, there's various reasons. I mean, of course, yeah, mistakes too, but there's also been like, I've probably made 10,000 videos in 14 years. One thing that I actually enjoy as someone who doesn't know a thing about playing guitar, like actually playing is here and there, like you start your videos and you play the song or play the guitar section that you're teaching for each video. And when you really slow it down, you can tell you struggle because it's become almost muscle memory. And not, I don't want to really struggle, but there'll be parts where you thinking about it like, Oh shit! What do I do here? Because you're going so slow instead of just normal, normal tempo. You know, it's absolutely the quickest way, in my experience. What do I know? Um, <laughs> is when you're learning a riff, it can be anything like Black Dog by Led Zeppelin, whatever. Any riff, and it's so hard to get a student to do it. So I know it's hard to do, but play it so slow and get it perfect. Like super slow, get it perfect. And on that, slowly speed it up. And And on that exact note, so I've I've taken probably about a dozen guitar lessons, and not for a while because I just go to you. But one thing that I have very much, and you were always the compliment to the guitar lessons, but I like to be in person. Of course, of course. Up, you know, I like it. But um. I'll just kind of mimic your hand movements instead of actually learning the music itself. How do I combat that? Well, so, so, uh, oh, you mean you're just going, you're memorizing mechanics. Exactly, exactly, yes. Right, 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 right. Man. Because you'll be playing like a lick and I'll teach it to myself after X amount of time. Well, I would say if you... Anytime you're jamming with someone else is really, I think, what helps that because, I mean, I, I hate to use the cliche like playing blues, but like in a blues jam, it's that universal language where you're like, I'm in this key. So you go, okay, I plug in, you know, I would say really, man, anytime, anytime you're playing, just at, at, in a moment, just stop and look at one of your fingers and, and try and name what the note is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. And the only reason for that is because it's that's like part of the communication. Uh, hey, I got this progression. It's A minor yep. to G. And then I have this little lick. The A minor pentatonic. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and you start to think about it that way. Also, um, there are amazing, absolutely virtuoso musicians who 
just learned it all instinctually. Right. Like Kurt Cobain, it was not a virtuoso, but that's another example where Kurt Cobain didn't know one name of the chord. Like he didn't, he learned punk songs through ear and then came up with his own power chord things. And they were, he just had that inner melodic musical like sense, but he didn't know anything he was doing and he never had a proper technique lesson, nothing, you know, where's your, where's your pitch at? I'm just curious, uh, just as a guitar player myself, do you have relative pitch, perfect pitch? Like, are you like in that range? I'm like under relative pitch. Um, definitely not perfect pitch. Uh, I was a late bloomer to studying music. Uh, so I was flat. I was just trying to sing a G there. I, so like, I, I'm, you know. I'm always interested uh, people with absolute perfect pitch. I know one of them. I have relative pitch. I'm pretty, pretty fucking lucky. I'm very lucky in that perspective. But I always wonder this about like guitar teachers. If somebody comes to you and says, I have perfect pitch, and then you test them and they don't, do you ever just look at them and you're like, you fucking liar? <laughs> like, no, it is. I don't, I, I don't, I mean, honestly, like perfect pitch uh, doesn't make you an amazing musician. Okay. So, so, honestly, it's just you have. Well, it's interesting. I just did a whole series uh, for another uh, channel site, um, Curiosity Stream, it's called. Mm. And I did a six-part series just all on the brain and music. So I, it was each episode was a different doctor, neuroscientist, oh, and we talked about every aspect of music. But what I would say for like someone with perfect pitch or a relative pitch or uh you wait you know your little kid can can sing a perfect key of, of a song that he remembered that's usually the first sign of that um it's just like there's something in the there's a part of the brain that's just you were born with a little bit extra juice and that little that little de- extra development but it is a muscle so you can work it um i never like i did do ear training stuff perfect pitch or even relative pitch was never like this goal that anyone in music school is pushing on me at all. Like yeah. there was not the relative pitch. You mean like, uh, sing the major third. You can, you, you can, throw, you can throw any note at me and I can call it out instantaneously. I have okay. played major festival stadiums, playing the guitar to thousands of people. I've never taken a lesson. I don't know scales. I just yeah. music. This is the way I've always described it. My dad has like relative or perfect pitch. He was a blues musician. And the reason I never took go. lessons, the reasons I never took lessons growing up, because my dad always taught me, this was just the way it was taught to me in my house, was that music is like water. It's not math. So going and taking lessons to me and my dad when I was a kid, which I now think is kind of asinine, would have stifled that and made it more like math than water. I, I think like what you do is actually break it down to a less formal atmosphere for sure and you sure. and you you give people this midway point where they don't feel like they're out here doing long division they're just learning in a comfortable environment and i think that's why you're so popular and why you become such a special part of the music community thank you thank you i appreciate it i mean that's interesting i, I yeah i mean there's so many different ways to look at any art form you know and, and mm-hmm. disciplines and and you know the uh for instance that movie whiplash you know yep. uh to, to what I do. I'm like the opposite of whiplash, you know? <laughs> uh, and, and there's, there's, there can be, I think, great results with, with, with either way. Um, I talked to Marcus King about this, about music theory. And he studied a lot of music theory. 
and it certainly didn't stifle his playing. Mm -hmm. But what I was going to say about that is that music is the best music that touches you, that's not magic stuff. It comes from pure inspiration and no thought at all, right? And you can hone various muscles, you know, to then get into that flow state and have more tools to then flow out. Right. And that's certainly what Marcus King did. That's what Tony Hawk does. Tony Hawk didn't, you know, he had to repeat the mechanics, the math of, of a trick, you know, 20, 30 million okay. times. Yeah. If you've seen the, his documentary, it's incredible. And it's it shows you how much of like what makes Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk is actually in his psychology, right. you know, more than physicality. It it's was, such a, it's I, the way his brain's wired. Where he would not, he couldn't mentally stop doing the trick until he nailed yep. it. And that was just in his brain, right? And so, like, I think probably, like, someone like uh, Mateus Asato or Rick Beato was like that. Um, Joe Bonamassa was absolutely like that. Steve I. Um, I wasn't quite, I really enjoyed, like, hanging out with people and, like, being social and, <laughs> you know not just locked in my room playing all the time. Um, I didn't quite have it. I think I had it enough though. But probably the other part that I had where I say social or friends and all that probably played into my greatest strength of combining teaching. Right, and right, yes. right. Yes, yes. I yeah, mean, I mean, Joe Bonamassa doesn't feel comfortable in front of a camera teaching his lits. Like, that's just not what he does, you know? Right. And I don't feel comfortable wearing sunglasses on stage so <laughs> <laughs> certain people are put on this earth to do certain things and you can tell this is what you're meant to be here for and i, I, I think, absolutely agree thank you i i think like we've taken up so much of your time already and and i love this so much and i want this to be actually a reoccurring thing i'd like you to check out Dave's progress yeah. my big one of my big that. questions is one time when you're in nashville i would love to yeah. get you in a room with dave but I want you to go full J.K. Simmons from Whiplash, and I Let's want you to it. just beat him down. Oh, I can do it. I've told people like, if you want me to do that, I will do that. Oh, we. I we, mean, I won't be yeah. like, I won't be like J.K. Simmons. I just, I won't be like that. But I can. Uh, I say, do, I can kick your ass if you want me to. Like, I know what it, what to do. Hey, just a side um, note. Just a side note. We do yeah. have a really great relationship with Mark Agnesi and Gibson. We we have filmed in there. Oh, fantastic. We should yeah. do something together at the garage. Let's do it. And, and get... oh, and, uh, yeah. I'll say this. I'll be there most of November. I'll be in Nashville. So if you want to come over and, and I'll, I'll lay into you, man. I got the cattle prod and everything. Perfect. Because I, I need that cattle prod. I have tried playing the guitar in front of people for songs that I think that, like, it's pretty, like, you can tell yep. what it is. And, like, it's... Like, oh, look, he plays guitar a little bit. And as soon as I start playing in front of, it could be just two, three people, I shit my pants. Like, <laughs> oh. Totally, dude. No, 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 dude, it's reps. That is reps. That is reps. Yes. I, I promise you. And I'm so nerd like that Gibson event. Like, my name's on the thing. People are all there to see me. And I'm just crapping my pants right before I yeah. walk out. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's just no way around it. But there's no other rush like it when you get that initial nerves out of the way and all of a sudden the and whole all energy, sudden, yeah, 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 all yeah, kind yeah, of, sure. 
you're all this like symbiotic energy together and it's just it's an amazing amazing thing i'll, I'll end with this you know because it's just a day in the life of marty schwartz if anyone's curious i've already shot two lessons today um and my wife and daughter are looking at colleges so they just left today so i am now in the next five minutes have to leave to pick my son up from high school so that's rock that's and roll, the rock and roll, roll lifestyle, lifestyle man right Yo, that's right hey, that's right one of us one last question yep. this is this is my, sure, my final no question yeah all yeah. right so think of the movie richie rich remember when richie rich okay he has uh who does he have come to the house is it reggie jackson comes to the house to teach him how to play baseball oh, have you uh, ever, sure, yes yeah. have you ever had yeah. i think it's paul o'neill actually it's a yankee I forget oh, who yeah. you're asking if i've been the reggie jackson have you ever been the paul o'neill have you ever had like a super rich guy who's like a movie star or something and wants to learn how to play the guitar try and get you for lessons yes yes Ooh. i have should i should i spill the the tea it's not a i don't think i don't think it's really a, a secret or I mean, it doesn't need. I didn't sign an NDA or anything. I taught Jason Statham guitar, baby. Come on, <laughs> he's like yeah, in person too. In per in person, not over video at his house in Beverly Hills. That's yeah. amazing. He's like in every kind of action, <laughs> action movie of in history. It was great. It was great. It was great. He had little, uh, two little like wiener dogs, you know. <laughs> did and like they, the did the yakuza or like like uh, a gang no, try break into the house that. and yeah no I was waiting for that but no no this was his downtime you know this is when he's <laughs> low profile he was like in between missions yeah yeah in between uh, missions yeah. you told the train uh, order to have like two yeah. Rottweilers not two wiener no dogs. no no he's got this amazing uh you know Victoria's Secret model wife he's lovely they're her dogs but what I was gonna say about that was um. You know, I showed up and, you know, they're like little yappy dogs. And it was just funny because, like, he's really sweet guy. But, like, the dogs were barking and he did, like, a Jason Statham at him where he was like, here, shut up. And it was just like, wow, dude, that was Jason Statham. You're like, I've seen and, you and, murder you know, so many people. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he was just, like, so cool. And uh, and I do actually have another, I do have some tech guy that's flying me out to florida to teach him for a weekend um but uh you know no no indecent proposal or anything like that <laughs> <Hell yeah. laughs> that's how we wrap this shit up but marty i really do i want to yeah. get together in nashville Let's do it. and we can get Let's do it. we'll be down here. there and, and it's three hours door to door for me from chicago it's oh, in and out so no let's do it best. let's do it uh i uh my my team should be real great connecting with they you are guys. matt was so, awesome so shout out Matt. Matt's awesome. Matt is great. He's newer, my newer guy, but he's just doing amazing. He was a, uh, but he was a tour manager for a band called Moon Taxi. I'm, we oh, had Moon Taxi on up. the podcast. Yeah, they've been on our show. Okay, so, so Matt was Moon Taxi's tour manager and lighting designer. Hell yeah! Um, and he's got his second kid on the way, so he's trying to uh, not be on the road. And Moon Taxi's yeah. Moon Taxi's manager, yeah, or manager that just stopped managing them but it's his management company he's uh helping me too so he's he's like an advisor at the maiden network that i work with so like the network that manages my channel it's all guys and they're like like the ceo is like 28 or 29 yeah. so this this guy don 
that was Moon Taxi's manager. He's like in his early 60s. So he's like the resident adult music industry guy. He managed, he managed Soundgarden at one point, Tears of Fears, Lenny Kravitz. What? And uh, he's only managing uh, Kitten Surprise now. So, uh, Rainbow um, Kitten Surprise? Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. I want to get yeah, hammered so he, with that guy because he's got stories. I'll bet money. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, definitely didn't. Oh, yeah. Oh, Don. Yeah. Oh, geez. Forget about it. Yeah. yeah. There's a, a million stories. Yeah. Um, and he's in Nashville. So if you come out, I'll make sure he's there. And uh, you can ask him yourself because it's pretty good. John Maris crashed on his couch, you know, that kind of shit. All right. Well, this has got to happen now. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon, guys. I, I really appreciate you inviting me on. It was so nice to talk yeah, to you. Hey, sincerely, and, uh, thank we'll, you. We'll, we'll, because thank your you. footprint is all over music. And it's 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 fun working with you, even though you had no idea you were working <laughs> with me until 45 minutes ago. That's, so. the best, that's the best part. That's the best part. I make my living that way. It's and you don't got to talk to people. Exactly. That? That's right. That's yeah. right. Ladies, fact, ladies and gentlemen, everyone, because Marty's got to go do actual adult things. Go, yeah, check out, go check out his YouTube parenting. channel. 3.5 million subscribers. B3.6. Get out there. Marty, hopefully we see yeah, you soon, brother. Help me out. Help me out. I need the help. No, you don't. Click the button. Click that's, the link. That's what I told Matt. I'm like, hey, usually we're like all for promoting guys. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he doesn't need a lick <laughs> for me. So, well, I'm always like, like I, I, I would always life. say to anyone that plays guitar, like, like an Uber driver that plays guitar, like, I mean, at this point, someone that plays guitar, they for them not to know me means they like really hated me the first time they <laughs> saw me because I'm these, everywhere. I see all these Instagram like gag reels because all my Instagram algorithm it's barbecue food, right, right, guitar right. players, and hot chicks. So there's there's one. It's it's some guy I don't know who he is, but he's super frustrated playing the guitar. And then it cuts over to his computer and it's just a video of you like going nice and slow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Dude, I, I, well, there's a bunch of those, but nothing sweeter than when someone makes one of those edits that I'm in that I did zero work on because <laughs> then I can share it. I feel like I have the right to share it. And then Hell yeah. My, oh, yeah, you do. I, I can use it as my content. And there's all yeah, like you, there's this whole series called uh, YouTube Poop. And if you type in Marty YouTube poop, like there's these crazy remixes where they remix my words and it's just insane, man. It's really insane. Yeah. So anyway, I embrace it. Thanks again, guys. Marty Schwartz, the goat. Thank you. Thank you, Marty. We'll see you soon. Holy shit. (laughs) Hell yeah. That's guitar player right there. Thank you, Marty. Have a great rest of the day. All right. All right, so that was our friend Marty Schwartz. Amazing interview, amazing guy. Hopefully we get to hang out with him in Nashville in November. Hopefully he brings Jason Statham with him. Uh, What a fucking amazing story, and I really hope he actually teaches Dave to learn how to play the guitar. But if you don't already know Marty Schwartz and want to learn how to play the guitar, go find him on YouTube, Marty's Music. He's the fucking man. Shouts out Marty Schwartz. Uh, It's down to me, Dave, and or me, Dante, and Kenny. Uh, Dave had to bounce. We do have another interview coming up with Nameless James later. Before we do that, let's go in on the list, off the list. Uh, Dante, let's start with your on the list. Um, this is a tough one. Um, I don't really have anybody that I'm high on right now. Like I just ranted about the whole Willow Smith thing. I'm kind of in a bad mood. Um, what about Bailey Zappi? 
not a fan. Really? No, not a fan. The the Patriots are like the fucking worst product I've seen in 20 years. Um, I know that's really insulting to some fan bases out there, but truth is the truth. Champagne problems. Yeah, let's go with... Oh, I know. Delta Airlines. Great experience today. Great really? experience. Yeah, very rarely fly them. They don't do a lot of business out of Chicago, but took them from Boston down to South Carolina today. And uh, great planes, great flight attendants, on time, uh, free internet. Just fucking soup to nuts. Great, great airline. I always have a good experience with them. What's your number one airline? What do you fly the most? uh united and southwest i've been flying american a lot recently and Terrible. i've had nothing but good experiences recently to be completely honest you're and you're rarity i'm an they anomaly are, they are the worst the uh, fucking worst I, the worst experiences i've ever had were both with southwest not really? to mention southwest prices went through the fucking roof after the pandemic yeah they're not cheap anymore i think because uh I think because they didn't lock in gas prices like a lot of flight or airlines did. Well, Kenny, what's on your list? Uh, I didn't think about any of this until three seconds ago when I realized we were doing segments. Uh, so the best I got is haunted houses. Ooh. That time of year, I'm stoked. I got my tickets for one of the best ones LA has to offer called Reign of Terror in Thousand Oaks this weekend. It's like an oh, hour walkthrough. Fucking great. hell yeah. Are you a big horror movie guy? Yeah, yeah. Really? Wife and I are always looking for movies that actually scare us. Not like scary movies, but like the ones where you have to turn on the lights after the movie's done. Oh, okay. What's the scariest movie you've ever seen? Like one that fucked you up for days after. One of the best actual scary ones is uh, that we watch a lot is As Above, So Below. It's about uh, the catacombs in Paris underground where there's like millions and millions of skulls and stuff like that. I've been in them treasure hunters that go down but they go down too far off the guide gnarly crazy shit paranormal it's nutty it's really fucking scary it's really good. is this a documentary or movie no movie movie really 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 good um yeah the paranormal shit scares me slashers don't really scare me because dude the conjuring fucked me yeah. up see like the paranormal shit scares me slasher movies most of the times it's like somebody hearing a noise and going to check it out you know what i mean like, yeah really over <laughs> well i i there was one that i'm the last time i remember being genuinely like freaked out into where like i thought about it for days after you ever seen the fourth kind yeah oh yeah that's fucked up they did a great job with that movie that was terrifying yeah. basically like aliens or god and all this the shit and... normal activity was really fucking scary yeah agreed um i still kind of Blair Witch, dude. I still kind of laugh at all of those in a weird way. Well, yeah, now, but like back then, shit. You know what my favorite found footage movie is? Is I love Cloverfield. Yeah, I don't. I saw it once. I don't really remember it. I don't know why I like that movie so much. Um, my on the list has nothing to do with any of that. It's the Philadelphia Phillies for finally doing something I can be proud of. Uh, first playoff victory in eleven years. Uh, one today. Nick Castellanos diving catch. It's red October. It's a good time here, dude. It's a good time in Philadelphia right now. Everybody can talk shit. Everybody can cry. Five and zero. Oh, fucking Sixers look looking great in preseason. Uh, ben Simmons still bricking threes every day. Uh, Phillies back in the playoffs. Life is good. 
We have a lot of murders here. Things aren't great. Kensington is still a zombie land, but other than that, Philadelphia is fucking awesome. Uh, Dante, who's off your list? Hate to say it, not saying he's permanently off, but Kanye West off the list this week. He's not off mine. A, he's off mine too. Yeah, he's off mine too. <laughs> <laughs> a three-way not off a, the list. Not a great. Uh, not a great showing these past couple of weeks. He's got to get his fucking shit together. The porn thing was funny. Other than that, everything else has been kind of a fucked up shit show. Very. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's as bad as it's gonna get. And the fucked up part is he's definitely gonna run for president again in twenty twenty four. And I just you imagine if the choices again were Kanye, Trump, and Biden. Oh my God, we need John Stewart. We need John Cena. No, fuck no. John Yo, John Stewart. Cena is president. John Stewart would be fucking. John Stewart awesome. would be incredible. Everybody uh, wants him to. He's with his new show that that just came out. He's like back on top of all. Stewart's the, the man. I, I never dispute that whatsoever. Do you think there's actually a shot he would ever run for president? No, because he doesn't want it. But that's why we need him. Yeah, he's too normal a person. He's too sane, too rational. The president can't want to be president. What did he do other than The Daily Show? Like, was he ever on? Because I know he was in Big he Daddy, but other movies and shit too. What is? I was gonna say I don't really know John Stewart's Big Daddy. He was in. Big Daddy. Let's look. John Stewart movies. Oh, by the way, speaking of Big Daddy, Adam Sandler is apparently going to be in the new Safdie Brothers movie. The guys who did uh, Uncut Gems. I want to see if they can make him like a crazy person again. He's in Half Baked. Really? John Stewart was in Half Baked? Yeah. Yeah. What? That's really about it. Isn't it kind of fucked up, though, that we keep turning to like, we can never, we never can actually pick out a politician to be like, that guy should run for president. Like it's got to be like anyone, anyone with smart, anyone with a brain that's competent and would make a great leader is too smart to not fucking want anything to do with the job. Right. That's yeah. the problem. I want somebody under 55, no billionaires. You know, you know, George Washington was forced to be president, right? Yep. He didn't want the position. They were like, fuck you. You have no choice. You're taking it. They You're- also wanted him to be a monarch. They wanted him to be the king. And but he said no. That is that is the that should be the prototype for people. We should take our brightest, smartest, most successful fucking citizens and be like, yo, you want to stay here and continue to make money? You're gonna fucking leave this country for four years. So Dante, you really think Logan Paul is gonna want to be president, dude? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. That was great. That no. was very well, that was very fucking well played, Colin. There, there's a really interesting thing if you look back at <laughs> the history of America, like in the and like because Washington was known as Your Excellency as well. He wasn't known as the pre- Mr. President. It wasn't until I think I forget which pre- it was one of the first three because apparently uh, it was a John Adams like wanted to be like get his dick sucked all the time. Like he was like, you will call me Your Excellency and everything like that. Dude, pre- Louis C.K. and and uh, Shane Gillis did an amazing podcast where they broke down every president in order. And uh, they said, John Adams was a real fucker, but it wasn't until later that like Mr. President was decided. And it's because you're literally presiding over the government. You don't do shit. You're literally presiding over what's going on, which I think is actually a pretty cool idea. um, Other than the fact that most of the people who do the job, fuck it up. It's hard not to fuck that job up to be completely honest. It's not a real job. 
it's not. I don't know. I, I feel like at the time everyone gets killed. And then looking back, like we hated Bush. Certain people fucking hated Obama for ridiculous reasons. I think the majority of us would kill to have either one of those guys back now. Yeah, today's. Yeah, for sure. Compared to what we're dealing with, like these last eight years or six years. Yep. Also, Bill Clinton, like all these people that at the time were, you know, like terrible presidents, they look like fucking phenomenal commander in chiefs compared to what we're dealing Bill with. Clinton was the last time we had a federal surplus. Yeah. yeah. And he got his dick sucked. And he got his dick sucked. Come on. A lot. Like him. Yeah, he's a man, dude. I just want to be proud. I just want to be like, man, the person leading this country is smarter than me. Yeah. Exactly. Smarter than most of us. Very well spoken. Great speaker. Like demands respect. Commands a room. Like, I just want to feel that way again. I haven't felt that way in a long time. I always say to people is like, uh, they're like, yeah, but like this person, that, or that person. I'm like, shouldn't this person literally be the best of us? Like, yeah. the yes. best of us. Like, you can't Amen. hold them to our standards. We get to hold them up here because they should be the best of us. Dude, I think a former guest of the podcast should be president, dude. I think Ice Cube would be a great president. Cube, he'd be incredible. He'd be incredible. He'd look everybody in the eye through his sunglasses and just tell him to fuck off. It'd be great. I don't know. I, I don't think there's many musicians I would put the country, uh, the fate of the, the country in, in their hands. No, I can't think of any actually. That's too, it's. We're all too narcissistic to be completely honest. There's very few. Musicians who I think could, or at least not lead singers. Definitely not. Um, definitely not Kenny because he's too I high. Want, I don't want it. Dante, you'd be too into like the, the, the books of secrets. You'd be, if you were the president, you would bust open all of like the classified files and let everybody know about them. First thing I would do is I'd be like, all right, I need to know everything. I want to know about shadow government. I want to know about the Illuminati. I want to know about the aliens. I want to know about. The you other dimensions. I want to know about everything. If you'd be like, first off, yes, I, I did the research. It was an unlawful uh, occupation of Iraq. Let's just get that straight. We all know that was true. Second off, yes, aliens are real. They hung out with JFK. It was fucking wild. We'll get into that later. Uh, oh, yeah, and, JFK, too. I want to know. I want to know that. I want to know. I want to read a, a real. I haven't read a book about JFK. I would love to read a book about JFK. I'd love to get deep into what was going on there. Was it the mafia? Who killed him? I don't know. Is he dead? Is he hanging out with Tupac? Who the fuck knows? I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's this week's episode. We do have another interview that we're doing uh, down at Brooklyn Mirage on Thursday with Cannons. The episode with John Summit will be coming out as well. Go subscribe to the uh, to the Barstool Backstage YouTube. Um, other than that, we have a lot of interviews coming up. Uh, apparently, we have Nickelback in person coming up. Um, there, there's a lot. I'm exhausted. We, we have so much going on right now. I can't even fucking keep track, dude. It's nuts. Dante, you're in South Carolina tonight, correct? Yeah, we got a show, Breeze, last uh, tour stop. It's going to be nuts. We're at University of South Carolina. University of South Carolina is awesome. Yeah, they party. It's beautiful here, too. Like, I I almost tweeted something, but it's, it was it was lame. I just walked into this hotel. It's like one of the nicer hotels I've stayed in in a long time. And I'm just like, the fact that I'm here on a bar stool event it's just like a different world from the one i was living in like 10 years ago staying in la quinta inns with four other guys but those like, were the days 
<laughs> no, they were not. They were not Canadian. <laughs> yeah, like, da- as Dante's in his plush ass hotel. These kids have no idea. Like, they just like strut in, like, ah, oh, this place is all right. Like, they have no fucking idea how lucky they are. Yeah. Dude, I. I I've lived in plenty of shitty hotel. I've done seven guys to a or six guys and a girl to a room plenty of times. I love the struggle, but I I, I fully oh Erica that poor fucking girl. Oh my <laughs> god, the things that she's seen and smelled. Oh, it's no, not even god. it's not even fair, dude. We she's a champion. By the way, I just want to give Erica a shout out. The shit she was doing in the studio today, she's just got a god given gift. She's unfucking believable. She. Kenny, I think you'll like this next this next track. I'm going to send you to. Dude, uh, that oh, we just got the master back to that one. I've been sending you guys today. Very excited, Kenny. You do have to mix something. I would love to do that. Dude, send me something that I can get my hands on too. Yeah, I still want to get the band to LA at some point and do something yeah. with you. Yeah. Build it from scratch. Yeah. Um, all right, fellas, I got to run. Yeah, all right, Kenny, Later. thank you again, bro. Yeah, uh, Dante, you can handle it from here. I got it. Like, I just want to say, we're going to go into our interview <laughs> Nameless James on the way out. We're going to introduce you guys to Nameless James. So, everybody, listen to that. We'll see you guys next week. Fucking love you. How you feeling? You feel all right? All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the guest list today, a fucking legend, one of my favorite people on the internet, and somebody I've been talking about wanting on this podcast for a while. You know him from TikTok. You know him from Instagram. He's made your days better. It's nameless James on the podcast. James, how are you? Or Jack, how hey, are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Bro, how did you come up with nameless James, first off? Um, good question. <laughs> I I was trying to hide from friends and family when I first got on TikTok. So kind of like embarrassed. Didn't want anyone knowing I was on there making videos. And I don't know. Honestly, just came up with that after a few drinks and <laughs> just ran with it. <laughs> Dog, you know how weird, like, I was talking to the guys on the on the pod about it. I was like, yo, I got Nameless James coming on. They're like, who the fuck is Nameless James? And I sent one of the videos. And they're like, oh, my God, I see this dude every single day. That's hilarious. You know what's funny is that I've, I've heard sort of the same thing, like, out and about. People never know my handle when I tell them. But, like, yeah. if I show them a video, a lot of times they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen I've seen something in your viewers before. So, dude, it's so funny. There, there's something special about what you do. And I will say as a person who I, I'm assuming we're around the same ages, but the videos you post and the first one that caught my eye was the me and my homie walking home from sixth grade at the bus stop. And it was, I think it was make it rain or it was some Wayne song. And I was like, yo, I live this exact scenario. So for people of my age and for everybody else, dude, thank you for keeping the nostalgia alive for good, like mixtape era hip hop, bro. Absolutely. It's what I'm here for. You're good at it too, brother. Um, Thank you. Well, first off, where are you at right now? I am in Southern California. I'm like right between LA and San Diego. I uh, moved here like top of this year from Chicago. Oh, shit. You know, we got two Chicago boys in the podcast. Right? Yeah, yeah. I heard you mention that earlier. I was like, no way. Yeah, dude. So we uh, we actually were hanging out with a, a big Chicago name on Saturday. We covered John Summit, uh, the uh, EDM oh, cool. DJ at Brooklyn yeah. Mirage. So we've been talking a lot of Chicago shit. That's like, awesome. What was it about, like, was so was SoCal like a social media move, or was it just like I need to get out of Chicago finally? It was it was a lot of things. I was dating long distance, so moved here partially for the relationship. I had my manager uh, out here in LA, so like you know, j- this move to Southern California sort of just combination of a bunch of different things. And I always just saw myself as trying to get out of Chicago at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome living here. Like change of pace for sure, but felt like I you know, feel like I fit in 
uh, yeah, dude, dude, just by looking at you, generally, I would have guessed Southern California and not Chicago. Really? (laughs) (laughs) The mustache and the hair, bro. It's a good. Yeah, it's, it's the long hair. I don't know. I don't know why everyone just automatically assumes like I was born and raised here, but. I think the beautiful um, thing is, honestly, you look like you could be like a professional skateboarder at the same time. Like if all else fails, bro, you can be a dude. I wish, I wish I did. I wish I was good at surfing I, or skating. I just picked up surfing a little bit, so I'm trying to do that regularly. You're diving in. You're diving in hard to the SoCal shit, bro. I'm trying. I'm trying, dude. I mean, I gotta. I don't know. I feel like you. It, where are you based? I'm in Philly. Oh, you're in Philly. Okay, so I feel like if you're from somewhere where you experience a fucking shit winter yo like when you move to some somewhere else or you're out of it like you just want to be outside you want to be like you know appreciating everything that you saw i i make every excuse i can to just like go outside and live the full like i don't know life out here that people always kind of like assume people have i'm trying to yeah bro i remember my first time in la was right before the pandemic and i was i was doing some songwriting sessions out there oh nice it was january and I was like, yo, I'm not in Philly right now. I'm in the like I'm in the Pacific Ocean right now. These guys take it for granted. Like us like snowbirds coming out to LA during the winter is beautiful. Dude, crazy. Like when I started uh visiting my girlfriend out here, there was so like so many of her friends, like, you know, no, no hate on them, but so many yeah. of her friends and like people around were just like not that like <laughs> keen on going to the beach or like I'm like, what is wrong with you people? It's like fucking 75 <laughs> degrees. And sunny and like, how I, I don't know. And dude, I yeah, I I know that I know that feeling of looking around and being like, yo, you guys should be appreciating this. But yo, if you live in it every day, it's a different it's a different scenario. True. I hope I never like take it for granted. Let's dude, just say that. Don't, because you're in a good situation. But I, <laughs> I I told you this before we started, but there we tend to harp on the negative in the music industry i'm a musician kenny our partner is from a wall nation and then dave and dante are fans but we tend to like look and be like yeah what's going on with the industry and there's rarely like a drop of sunlight that comes into my world on the music realm and you my friend are that drop of sunlight and i just want to know how the fuck how the fuck did this all start uh just tiktok or like specifically bringing back old songs and and that sort of thing i mean take me to the start of tiktok dude like when did you know like oh my god i think i might be on to something here um all right so like a lot of people it was the beginning of the pandemic i had lost my job because of the pandemic just was in marketing and and travel essentially and uh it was sort of like there's nothing else to lose everyone's on it right now no one's really hiring so I was doing a lot of freelance writing work. That's like part of my background too. And uh, just decided like for peace of mind or just as like a creative outlet, I'll just start making TikToks because why the fuck not? Got nothing else and, to do. <laughs> yeah. And then w- w- within uh, within a couple of weeks, I think within like a week or two, actually, I had, you know, a video do relatively well. I think it, you know, I had like a hundred thousand views or something, but I had jumped, you know, couple thousand followers and i was like holy shit if it's you know if it's this easy to um you know get followers from a successful video then i better just keep at it and uh yeah i just said i was gonna post once or twice a day and that's what i did because there's nothing else to fucking do (laughs) and uh it started to take off so after like after like three months i had 100 or 150 thousand followers and i just decided like I'm just going to keep going at it as much as I can, like make money where I can. Uh, It definitely took like a year or so to make any sort of money from TikTok in terms of like brand deals, like, 
you know, getting paid per view is, is shit. You can't yeah. rely on that at all. Even these big creators, it's not that much money. Um, unless it's like, you're like these crazy outliers, you know? Right. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, I just kept at it and then, you know, had some good friends and family and, and support in my life to be like, you know, just keep it going. If you think that you can, you know, take it farther and it, you know, it definitely paid off this past year with a lot of big things happening. So very grateful. Definitely just going to stay on this whole creative thing because uh, whatever the ultimate goal is here, it's definitely going to be, yeah, some sort of creative outlet. Bro, you're me. good at it, though. You know what I mean? Like, you see some people going for it, and you're like, I don't even know why they have this many followers. Bro, you're consistent as hell. And I Thank mean, we, you. We've, we have, like, a mixed opinion on TikTok on this because I think from the musician side, like, we don't always want to do it. We're not really TikTok creators. It's more like it's just something you need to do as part of the game. But yeah. I've had friends, uh, Armani White, who made Billie Eilish, which is one of the biggest yep. songs on TikTok, is a really good friend of mine, and that's awesome. done amazing things for him. But I think, like, what caught my eye is the fact you have a great ear for music, bro, and you do a really good job of, like, I don't know, showcasing things that some of these kids don't even know about. But, like, for people, I'm 30, so it's like, yo, when I hear you doing a video to, like, walk it out or some shit, like, from, like, my grade school dances, like, I freaked the yeah. fuck out. So what was, like, the impetus behind doing those videos? Um, I think it was my goal was like relatability. And I always I always loved I mean, I, I'm just same way as, as you and some of these other guys, like not a musician. Well, you are a musician, but not a musician, but a, uh, you know, just like an enthusiast and like music always like I'm always playing music, always listening to music, Um, like really, really care when artists that I like drop music and want to give it a full run and several listens. I share with people all of that. So part of part of it was just like. I I like listening to music and sharing it and then have a lot of passion for music that was, you know, that came out at at pivotal points in my life, you know, like eighth grade and fucking yeah. into high school and into college. Like you can attach music to memories so well. So just being able to unlock memories through music and then, uh, yeah, a visual, just like having someone... Um, yeah, you know, just trying to trying to draw those memories back out. Um, I, I don't know. It, it started with like playing some old songs and then people would say, oh, I remember this or I completely forgot about this or whatever. There was definitely other creators doing similar type of like nostalgic with some music and, and all of that. So just decided to like continue making videos like that. And then, you know, some of them really took off and people were asking about it. I did a series where people were asking about like what my personal favorite songs were from a certain year. Yeah. And I thought, okay, if I can just like tell them what it is in like kind of a goofy fun way, then like, why not? So, you know, did a whole series doing that and, um, and yeah, I've been able to like, you know, grow a lot through music specifically like that, you know, outside of comedy or like relatability or like, you know, meme content or whatever. Sure um music uh, you know is that underlying like common denominator um so you know yeah it's just been it's just been awesome to like you know that that's been that's resonated so well with people i guess bro you're like a walking ipod touch like you're like an ipod <laughs> nano like you got all the throwbacks like shit that i would get off like limewire or dat piff like oh the old, yeah the old wayne mixtapes like cool. yo walk me through like were you a LimeWire guy? Were you downloading like the wrong versions of songs off LimeWire and shit? For sure. I mean, I was still, I was still like young, but I was, you know, it was just at that point where, 
I was, you know, like sneaking on the family computer or doing whatever, like, and uh, obviously it was right around the time that iTunes and iPods were, yep. you know, like super popular or like even before iPods, MP3 players or whatever. And uh, anyway, just buying anything through iTunes, like my parents were obviously like <laughs> helicopter patrolling what was going on because it was their fucking money. Of course. And, uh, you know, there were like I got in trouble for songs that were inappropriate. <laughs> so then, you know, when friends who had older brothers were like, oh, you got to try this LimeWire thing or yeah. it or whatever. Yeah, like, of course, video to MP3, all of those like so, so funny that that was like such a struggle for us back in the day. Dog, I broke so many computers. So many family computers got absolutely destroyed by LimeWire. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, nuts, dude. It's it's so funny though because it's like, I you know it's it 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 makes me feel old saying this, but yeah, thinking about the younger generation now who's growing up and streaming is like the only thing that they know, and they're playing music from their phone. Yeah, and they're probably getting a phone a lot earlier than when we had phones. You know, yep. they weren't even a thing when we were younger. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like crazy how 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 much it's changed just in our in our lives and you know it's cool to still unlock some of those memories for people when they were like oh yeah i, I remember fucking crashing my family computer Dude, you know trying there, to download crank that there was something special about having to search for music though you don't have to search anymore it just gets fed to you through algorithms and shit yeah but like i think on that note though like is there anything today that you're like really fucking with? Cause like, you post so much about like kind of throwback stuff and I'm interested to hear like, is there anything new that you're really like clicking with right now? Yeah. Like newer artists. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I, I, I definitely like rap more than anything yeah. and I've loved a lot of um, baby Keem stuff. Ooh. I like, yeah, he's great. I saw him live uh, at Kendrick's last show here in LA. It was fucking awesome. Um, I like, uh, jid's recent yep. album that yep. he dropped that was really good the never-ending story was like a top five record of the year for me dude it's so good yeah yeah dude yeah that was fire and uh um god there was another one recently like another album that i listened to recently i can't remember but yeah like those guys and i know they're a little mainstream i don't think i you know i'm, I'm definitely not one of those guys who you know, I'm not like the leak to all these underground yeah. artists or like people that people don't normally listen to, but I'm always happy to give people a listen and like love taking recommendations from people because, you know, I, I get exposed to new great artists all the time. Do you ever um, have like labels or like artists hit you up and be like, yo, do a video to my song, like something like yeah. that? Yeah, I've done that before for people too. And I think like whenever I get hit up for that, if I genuinely like the song or if they approach me in a in a good way, like I have no problem just going and doing that. It's it's annoying when like labels or managers or something try to push and like, you know, negotiate with you to post something. And it's like, hey, I'm I, I like I genuinely don't like it and I don't think other people are going to like it. So like I don't want to I don't want to do this. Well, your reactions are always so authentic. It would be hard for you to try and like press the button and be like, all right, time to turn on what I have here. Like, no, nah, it doesn't make sense. Dude, I've done that in like a live session before where people are like recommending songs and some of them are like great. And other ones, it's like 30, 40 seconds in. And I'm like, oh, this man. is not it. And I feel <laughs> bad, but I never have that many people on live. So it's like whatever. But I guess it's like it's also good content, though, to just react honestly and, you know. If you don't well, like something, like, 
Dude, so we've yeah. had things though, because I mean, we're a podcast. We can edit shit. Like, it's not like I'm going to say something and be like, oh, I got to get rid of that. Yeah. We've had people like, <laughs> do you know the Smashing Pumpkins? Mm-hmm. So we have like a running joke on the podcast about Billy Corgan. Like, it, it, we've had like numerous guests, like the Black Keys came on and had like a Billy Corgan story. Oh, that's like, sweet. And the, the used came on and they, the next week had a Billy Corgan story. So I just started taking pictures of Billy Corgan's face and zooming up real close on him and posting them on Instagram <laughs> and just tweeting at Billy Corgan as being like, Billy, come on the podcast. And he like, re- like his people reached out to like one of our guys and was like, stop doing that. Billy, <laughs> Billy hates you. And I was like, oh, shit, Billy Corgan. <laughs> he actually saw that shit. That's so, fucking hilarious. Well, have you ever had like anybody reach out to you and say like, yo, I saw your video. That was tight. Or I saw that video and fuck you. Like. Yeah, luckily nothing negative, but I've been able to work somewhat closely with T-Pain's team, which is like fucking dream for me. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to everybody at Navi Boy Entertainment because they're fucking great. So I had posted a lot of throwback, like a lot of my throwback uh, song series posts. I'd use T-Pain songs, right? And he had commented on some. I don't know who's managing his account or if it's him or whatever, but he had commented on some. Um. And then after a few times of like them seeing my posts or like nappy boy actually like reposting some of this stuff, uh, they reached out and said that he was doing his Wisconsin tour and which I don't know if you were familiar I'm with this. Very tour. familiar, bro. So he was doing the tour and they were like, can you make a video where you like find a fake flyer and we're going to put it in the trailer of that like promo to launch the tour so they sent me this little flyer thing and I put it as a green screen and made a little TikTok and posted it. But then in the trailer, it's like one of the people at Nappy Boy showing T-Pain that the flyer leaked and it's like me. So that was that was fucking awesome. And then we went to his show and we got to see him. His team had my girlfriend and I in like VIP. We saw him in New York and it was like it was just fucking awesome. So Dude. that was that was a really cool thing that came from uh posting about music and like dream artist and like you know icon that i grew up listening to and then another is i don't know if you know nick d and like connor price yep so uh nick and i became friends through tiktok just like liking each other's stuff all the time early on and then he um he had a music video last no at the beginning of this year in in march in vegas so he had me Connor Price, Andrew Lacout, if you know him, you might you might know his TikTok. I'm up on everything, bro. <laughs> yeah, and all these some of these other other creators. So we all went to um uh Young Bondo, yeah, Ben Bonder. Uh but yeah, we all we all went out and we're in a music video and it was like super fun, super oh, like yeah. lighthearted. So it's been cool just to be like, you know, as as a non-musician or songwriter to be a part of the music scene um somewhat, you know, at least being able to like go to these things or be invited to to collaborate with nappy boy like that's awesome you know so fire dude and i first off i love t-pain t-pain is a large part of my like childhood like i've got many sure. got many a wally at a high school dance to fucking t-pain dude like <laughs> just great shit but dude uh, and those are the, the that's what i'm talking about though like people are attracted to people who are positive about things and like in a world where we like see the music industry is sometimes like this like cesspool of bullshit it's nice to actually see someone who's like, yo, this is still fun. We can find fun things to do with this. And yeah, you can't see people can't see this because it's a fuck podcast, but I'm cheesing, dude. I'm happy. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I mean, dude, like 
Is there like one artist that you like you have posted that like you're like if I could work with this person, it's the ultimate dream. Like there's one yeah. person. I mean, I think if I could work with Lil Wayne, that would be fucking dope. Yeah, he's, we- he's just a goat in my mind. I've yep. always respected him because I feel like he doesn't care what other people think. He'll put out music that he wants to put out. Yep. Um, and the 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 fact like I think people don't care enough that he's put out so much good free music. It's unbelievable. Like, like mixtapes on mixtapes on mixtapes of just free fucking fire. And the fact that he put out like no ceilings, which is, you know, some argue is, is his best mixtape ever. Like a year, I think a year after or the same year he put out the Carter three, which is like his best selling album. Like that's, that's like unheard of. Like artists nowadays don't do that. They don't, they don't put out mixtapes. They don't, you know, he went, he went drought three, Carter three, no ceilings, and then went to jail. Like, yeah, and like this is, I. It's funny. Like our biggest clip that went viral for us was we had Ice Cube on, and oh. we asked Cube. We said, "Who's the?" Oh, greatest? I saw that. Yeah, I we said, that. "Who's the greatest rapper of all time?" And he said Wayne. And Wayne reposted it to his own TikTok, and I actually like, actually had to sit down. I was <laughs> like, "This is my favorite rapper of all time." I think, in my opinion, like. He had the greatest run in rap history from like 06 to 2011. Mixtape Wayne is untouchable. He's yeah. the fucking goat. And sure. that's my dream guest too. Like, yeah. no doubt. Like, if I could sit down with Dwayne Carter, like, I'd pass the fuck out. And being that you mentioned the mixtapes, I do have to ask you, your favorite Wayne Wayne project? Uh, okay. So I, I think personally, probably No Ceilings. Yeah. I think The Drought 3 is like arguably up there. And then Dedication 2. Like the de- the dedication series is is super dope, um, and it's deep. And I actually like some of the newer like like dedication six or yep. six and a half or whatever. No ceilings three was actually really good. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think like again when you're talking about favorites, it's you know obviously people have these like standout favorite like uh, you know there's a there's an obvious opinion, but it also has to do with where you were in life at that point. And for me. Like 2009, it was like eighth grade and freshman year. It was like, it was like just this transformative time for me. And I was like, you know, I was really getting into like loving, loving rap music at that time. And um, yeah, that was like, I think I, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to say no ceilings. Bro, it it is so much about where you were when you heard it. Like, cause I'm thinking back, like, yo, taking the bus like to high school baseball games in Northeast Philly and the whole bus with like a shitty Bluetooth speaker bumping like sky's the limit. Yeah, dude. Just like, just like 50 white kids on a bus for some (laughs) reason, knowing everywhere to that song. Like dude, it trans it's dude. It like transcends culture. Like Wayne is just the fucking best dude. For sure. And, and like, again, all the features and like all the other versatile types of music he's done, like he's done softer music. He's done like, rock which you know people have their opinions and yeah of course like every artist puts out music that's like not your favorite or people might think is bad but wayne has put out so much music i i hate when people try to like say well he's had he had like a bunch of down years or dude it was it was really hard like i think as a as a Lil wayne fan after the carter four and there was that huge like all the issues with birdman and young money and all this shit like he didn't put out a lot of music he wasn't on a lot of features and people stopped like caring about Lil Wayne 
and uh and like didn't give him any respect and i was like i sound like a like a stan right now but like i you know i'm i'm sitting there like this man is like putting out hundreds of songs like a year you know and and it's cool because now he's made it like sort of back in the limelight with um all the features that he's been on and i feel like he's on dude yeah, I feel like he's on more like public appearances and stuff. I thought the Carter Five was like really good, bro. Outstanding, um, dude. The Tyler features from like dropping. Oh yeah, yeah, dude. Everything on Call Me to Get Lost, like it's it's dude. It's it's Wayne. Like yeah, I, he's still I, putting out fire. I can't say enough. Like don't get me wrong, there were down years, but like every artist has down years, bro. Other than yeah. Jay Z, but like that's yeah, pretty yeah, few and far between. I mean. But I mean, longevity wise, like you just can't touch him. Like you, you can't do it. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. If you were to like just compile all the all the music he's put out, like just that alone is so telling. And then and then good music on top of that. You know, it's just like you could take so many artists nowadays and and their three best albums don't even touch like his mixtapes, you nope. know. So it's so cool. And then he's like, you know, Wayne also brought us Drake and Nicki Minaj and just like yeah, changed the game for like rap in so many ways that so many people now emulate him or his style. And dude, there's no thug, there's no thug without Wayne. There's no yeah, like there's so many artists that like he is the blueprint for. And he had I even think about guys like like Juice World. You know, like yeah. I think he, you know the the I think like his his like almost uh pop punk ish or esque sound or like Rocky sound, like that's a little bit, you know, the auto tune and shit like that. That's all, that's all Wayne. Like, you know, the face tattoos, don't forget face tattoos. That yeah. Was fucking yeah. Wayne, bro. Straight like, up. Straight uh, up. He's the guy. I mean, but yeah, man, I, there's Wayne is the one person I could just like go on forever. And I mean, Kanye too, but that's a whole nother conversation for a whole nother day. Yeah. We, we've sure. got, We've gone through that way too many times in the podcast in like the last couple of weeks. Like, oh, I bet, dude. Uh, it's, it's dude, fucking, I know. You're I know. a Chicago guy too. Like, that's got to be fucking brutal, dude. I fucking I love him, but he pisses me off so much, and I'm like, bro. Yeah, <laughs> you're, it's yo, so you're... it's so hard to defend Kanye. Like, you can't defend him for a lot of shit. Yep. But like, yeah, he is. Yeah, I mean he's he's like a musical genius. He's my sure. he's my favorite artist maybe ever. And I'm even like I'm just out. I just wrote a really long article about that. that oh really? Called, it was called I Need a Long Term Break from Kanye West. Like <laughs> like I'm in like a toxic relationship. Like it's it really how it is. But but I don't know, dude. Chicago has other like great shit that like from that time we just had the cool kids on. The cool kids. Oh, like, that's sick, bro. Chuck English and Mikey Rocks are like yeah. My, fucking favorite but i think like looking at it now right and you're in the tiktok world obviously Mm -hmm. like do you think tiktok is a net positive or a net negative for music like from the perspective like i feel like it's cutting attention spans but it's also given a lot of shine to a lot of artists yeah i i would say positive because i've seen i've literally watched people go from just starting to post on tiktok to fully touring like anise if you know anise i don't know um a N E E S on TikTok. You might have seen some of his stuff, but uh I followed him really early on. I he followed me back. I think we were both people who at the beginning of the pandemic just wanted to start kind of doing something creative with our lives. And like he is now touring everywhere. He's 
got millions of followers verified like like all the all the things you know checks all the boxes and it's like you can't really say that tiktok is a net negative when you see something like that because he literally might not have ever gotten the exposure that he needed without an app like tiktok it's not only it's not only just like the short form video and easy to put out but the fact that the algorithm was the way it was where if you were getting high engagement you were getting pushed to everybody and you know gaining followers like every early on dude it was so it was so different in 2020 every time every time i had a viral or semi-viral video i jumped like 20 30 40,000 followers like it's crazy over over a couple of days i think the most in like one day was for sure like 25,000 and in a week it was like 160 or 200,000 or something. That's just ridiculous. Growth. Insane. Ridiculous. Insane. But it hasn't been like that since like mid 2021. It's definitely changed to where you might still have really viral videos, but you don't gain as much of a following um, as you used to, you know, for, from going viral. I think it's just because it's more users on the app now, more people are posting. Do you think um, it was like for you, like right place, right time? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I mean, I'm not going to say that I didn't, you know, like I'm not going to say that it's like all luck because, you know, I want to give myself a little bit of credit for like having the wherewithal to start posting when I did and yeah. and all that. But like, yeah, dude, I was definitely at the right place in the right time in terms of like, yeah, when I got on, if I would have if I would have waited I don't think I would have gained the following and then, you know, went at it as much because, you know, I'm a human being. There's so much fucking shit going on in my life at the time. Like I'm trying to make sure I have stability and a job and money and I'm pressured from parents and, yep. you know, all this stuff. And, uh, and yeah, the fact that I was able to grow quickly was enough to be like, if you stick it out, you'll figure it out. So I, I, you know, and I think you might actually be pointing in the right direction though, because I, I talk about my buddy Joe P. Joe P. has gone huge on TikTok. Okay. And this is a dude I toured with. Like my band and his band did shows together. He was in a band called Deal Casino. And then when COVID happened, a lot of like a lot of bands they broke up because it was like we can't do anything. We what's the point? And then Joe got on TikTok and found this audience, and then he signed to Atlantic, and now he has a million monthly listeners on Spotify and fucking awesome I, it is awesome man it is like still like I, i'm interested to see the impact on like the generation that grew up on tiktok and see how they view music in the future like is it a commodity to do things to or is it actually still art it's like there's like that weird thing but like i i think i'm starting to come around because i was the old man yelling at clouds at 27 being like nah dog like that shit's corny like i'm an artist and now i look at it more as like a tool that actually like you know really talented people can get seen in ways they had never been seen before yeah, I it, it it is tough because, you know, there is a component of, you know, people just going viral because they know a certain formula or a certain snippet will do enough for them to go viral. I think like an example with a mainstream artist is when Jack Harlow dropped that first class song, yeah. the snippet went crazy and then everyone hated the song. Yeah. And maybe that set the expectation up the wrong way or whatever and you know maybe that's a negative like some artists who haven't been discovered might be able to like figure out a way to come up with really catchy hooks and then you know gain a big following and they're not really putting out great music um yeah. other than those little snippets but 
you know, it's like, you know, whatever angle you're looking at it, it kind of changes your opinion because maybe their whole idea was that they wanted to get discovered as like a songwriter and someone who just writes hooks for people. And that was it. So, you know, it's kind of, it, it is, it is tough and it must be frustrating, you know, as a musician, yeah. like see certain people succeeding who, you know, you might be better than, and then you're trying and it's not working the same way. Like I, I, you know, I totally, I, I, I agree with that, but at the same time, it's also like, yo, you can never play that game as an artist. You can't have the salty man rapper look where it's like, yo, why are they getting those looks? Like for me per se, right? My answer to TikTok was to do a podcast because I love to talk. I can talk my ass off. I went to college for TV video and I love Barstool Sports. So like to me, I was like, yo, I'm going to shove my foot in that door and see if we can make it happen. Look, we're both sitting here as people who were like, yo, I think I can do something here. And then we did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just find your own lane and do it that way. I think that's totally the main, main thing there. Totally, dude. Yeah. I mean, dude, like this is this was what I hoped it would be because I fucking love your content and you seem like Thank a fucking you. awesome, genuine dude. And you are uh, officially extending the invite that when we need a co-host, come through, dude. Come talk to shit. I, I would love to. I appreciate you reaching out and following my stuff. And mm-hmm. dude, I'm definitely gonna be tuning in regularly. If you ever get yeah. fucking Wayne on the podcast, I better be there. Yo, convos and convos in motion, bro. I've had conversations. <laughs> Let's go, dude. Yo, yo, you know who we have uh in two weeks in person? I think who? I told you about I think I told you about this nickelback. Oh yeah, gotta yeah, do Nickelback, yeah. bro. Dude, we're doing it. Fucking sick. We're doing it in person in New York at Barcelona's office. I have, dude. I that that's one. I don't even know what to say. Like, ah, oh, dude. I feel like I just want to like dress up like Guy Fieri, like and just like. <laughs> yeah, why the why the fuck not? You definitely got to bring some like beach balls or something. You Yo. guys, yeah, no. that's gonna be awesome though. Yeah, we. I got a picture framed. You know, like the meme of Chad Kroger holding the the picture like yeah like photo- from photograph yeah yeah i got us like the guys on the four guys on the podcast like edited into that photo and i got it framed and i'm gonna give it to him in person that is fucking hysterical <laughs> dude that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome i'm like i love what you guys are doing i think it's awesome to you know connect over music in any way and this was like this was a sick experience so i definitely want to be involved as much as you guys will have me on dude this your your seat's always open, brother. This was Thanks, like a, this was like a trial run through, but uh, everybody go follow Nameless James. It's at Nameless James, correct? At Nameless dot James, but yes, at Nameless dot James. I don't have to tell anybody because I'm sure most people are already following you. Uh, what is it, like eight hundred thousand followers on TikTok? Getting up there, yeah, uh, a little <laughs> over 800, 200 on Instagram. So I'm just pushing, trying to get YouTube going. We'll see. Disgusting. I just want you to know it's fucking sick, bro. <laughs> But uh, no, this has been a pleasure, dude. Anytime, please feel free to come through and uh, we'll fucking catch you next time, brother. Hell yeah. Thank you, bro.